This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 188. Still not sure how I'm functioning right now after staying up till 7.30 a.m. watching night one of Wrestle Kingdom. My name is Nick Howell. And feeling like how Lashley's wedding jacket looks, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. <laughs> and I, too, was up all night watching night one of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, and tonight, Nick, we got to do it all over again. Yes. <laughs> At least it's starting two hours earlier tonight. <laughs> well, that's actually, that screws me up. I've got, see, I've got to work tonight. I can't get out of two nights uh, of work in a row, so I will actually be at work for the entirety of Wrestle Kingdom, avoiding spoilers, turning my phone off entirely, and then getting home and watching it at 3 in the morning until 7 in the morning again. Uh, Nick, <sighs> this is what we get for loving wrestling welcome yes. to everybody to bwo to busted wide open thank you for joining us we have very much to talk about because it's 2020 it's our Yay! first show of the new decade of the new year welcome everybody and thank you for joining us and, and happy new year to each and every one of you uh we have a whole week because we 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 skipped our our episode that would have fallen on new year's eve we actually now have a little bit more to talk about today, Nick. So we have an enormous show today. We've got yes. Raw. We have AEW, NXT, Friday Night SmackDown, and uh, oh, you know, a couple other things that may have happened a couple of hours ago that, uh, you know, watch out for that. But before we do that, Nick, we got to do some housekeeping, and then we'll get into all of that stuff. Yeah, let's see how I remember how to do all of this stuff. Come over to Facebook, guys, and join us over there. You can search Facebook.com for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the Busted Wide Open discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones, all of our fans and listeners. That is the hub of our operation where we hang out and interact with everybody. Uh, and at the top of that page, or group, I should say, you'll find a link stuck to the top of the announcements for our Discord community, which is full of live chats for all promotions and shows all throughout the week, including dedicated channels for all pay-per-views like Wrestle Kingdom 14 that is happening 
as we speak, we are right in the middle of night one and night two, uh, as Ian was just saying a second ago. So, yes, make sure you get into the Discord once you get into the group. You can also find it in the description below if you're watching on YouTube and in the show notes uh, of the podcast over at orbitaljigsaw.com. Those are the great places, two big, big places, Facebook and Discord, to interact with us uh, throughout the week, every single week. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We do also do our patron uh, mailbag episode on Saturdays. I'm a little rusty, shaking the ring rust, <laughs> the mic rust off, guys. Oh, uh, uh, Also do our patron mailbag, which we will be doing today for our patrons where they get to send in their questions and we answer them for everybody to hear. Now, how do you get in on that? Well, you head over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you have to be in is that $5 tier, just $5 a month. And every single week, every month, you can ask all the questions you want. Uh, in addition, you can get access to bonus episodes every month at the $10 tier, some sweet swag at the higher tiers, hell, even Skype calls with Sir Ian Dangerous and myself once a month at the higher oh tiers. My. You can even go for the whoo, Ric Flair, Nature Boy tier if you uh, so desire. <laughs> but lots of stuff happening over at Patreon.com. profiling. Slash $600 lizard shoes sold separately. Oh, man, Ian, I... Well, there is so much wrestling to talk about this week. Let's not waste any more time. We have to play catch-up for the new year, but let's kick things off with the big news. Well, did you know, Nick, that last night was night one of Wrestle Kingdom? What? Or, I know. Huh? It's hard to believe. It's Wrestle Kingdom time. It's uh, madness. We'll probably have like a lot more where we actually go into details on the matches uh, yeah. uh, next week, but we got to do a quick rundown. And and for those of you who have not watched last night, if you don't want to be spoiled, hang out, go go do something else, turn us mute. Go us watch off Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> for like yeah, go go watch Wrestle Kingdom. Go mute us for like the next ten minutes because we're gonna spoil night one right now, so that everyone who wants to know who doesn't have time to watch it is gonna be up and ready for tonight. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom night two. Uh, night one was, you know, the crazy thing about night one, Nick, was a lot of it, and I'm not used to this, they were previewing night two. How so? Like a lot of the, a lot of the early tag matches were just previews for matches in night two. Yeah. Like they were, they were just there to function like New Japan tag matches normally do, which is as a way to build the storyline for the, the big match that's coming. Yep. And I was, that was surprising to me. I thought they were going to have them be mean more on night one, but they didn't. Um, so here come the spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Uh, we had the pre-show. We had Great Bash Heel, which is, of course, Hanma and Makabe versus Yuya Uramura. Uh, sorry, with Yuya Uramura and Yota Tsuji. So it's a bunch of couple of young lions. Versus uh, Toa Hanare, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, and Carl Fredericks from the LA Dojo right out here. Uh, and this was, uh, you picked uh, Great Bash Heel and, and Friends, and I thought they're going to put over the LA Dojo, which they did. Uh, and this was a fun little opening match. Uh, then we also had Tenkozy versus Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi, which was uh, like a basically just a uh, nostalgia match for everyone who likes like you know early two thousands New Japan. Um, you thought Nagata and Nakanishi? I said or, uh, I said Tenkozy because that's all um, I know. I, I knew Nagata yeah. and Nakanishi. I, 
Yeah, and Nagata's Blue Justice. I mean, you've got yeah. to kind of got to go with Blue Justice. But I went with Kojima because he's my boy, bread club for life, uh, and they did pick up the win there. Standouts uh, get- for me in these two, uh, Carl Fredericks. Hello, Carl Fredericks. I had not uh, really bought in on Carl Fredericks hard yet, but I'm kind of going in on Carl Fredericks right now. Yo, that dude, dude looks I've- legit. He, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. I feel like they're pushing the hell out of him. Uh, he's going to get a big push once he graduates from the Young Lion program. Like, yeah, he's. I've seen him live. Like, he's legit. Um, don't sleep on Clark Connors either. Oh, he's also like legit. And then from the other side, Yotatsuji and Yuya Uemura are also going to be big guys. Like these, all of these guys are going to be something. They're all really, 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 really good. Uh, but. They're not as good as what started off the main uh, the main chunk of the of the show, the main show. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, the first of two goodbye matches where he <gasps> teamed up. Yeah, the feels mm. began here, um, where he teamed up with some of his uh, his old teammates and he fought against some of his old rivals. Uh, it was him, Tatsumi Fujinami, the Great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask with El Samurai ringside, and then he was versus Naoki Sano, who looks like a million years old these days. Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuhito Takaiwa, and Ryusuke Taguchi, who shockingly, Taguchi was the one who pinned Liger at the end of this match. And it's funny because you actually called the opposite. You said that Liger was going to pin him. Uh, and I said that Liger was going to pin Sano because they were having a match together tomorrow. But no, <clears throat> no, it was just straight up. Ryusuke beat him. Didn't have to. Didn't have to butt strike him to do it either. Just beat so him. So I, I know the history of Balor and Taguchi that ultimately led to... Uh, the Prince forming and ultimately Bullet Club. I, I I put that feud between Balor and Taguchi as being. Is there more history with Taguchi and Liger that I'm just not aware of that would make oh, yeah. that pin more significant? From way before that, like okay. way before that. Yeah, they, they 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 go way back. If you were watching some of their entrance, um, like all these guys had their entrance videos going on behind them, and a bunch of the videos were of their classic rivalries with. It was Liger. like the Liger greatest hits. <laughs> It literally was the Liger greatest hits in one ring. Like, if you're any fan of Liger's history, this was huge. Uh, Like, absolutely, you got all the feels when every single one of these guys came out. Um, And Taguchi, I mean, most of these guys are junior heavyweight legends. Some of them are heavyweight legends now. But some of them are junior heavyweight legends. And, you know, low-key, Liger is like the god of the junior division. He actually booked it for a long time, which they don't really talk about. Um, But he's the reason why... A lot of some of the, the great old storylines exist because he wrote them, mm. you know, and he wrote them with some of these guys. So, and Taguchi is definitely like, you know, at this point, he's kind of the the godfather of the current uh, junior heavyweight division. Um, you know, even like putting over guys like uh, um, like Rocky Romero and and uh, uh, Show and Yo and all that. Like he's he's kind of the you know the guy who's you know, holding it down now. So it made sense for him to kind of get the the rub because he's active right now. Uh, but we'll talk more about that another time, Nick. We got to move on and talk about the two tag matches that we're building for tomorrow, and that was uh, Lij versus Suzuki Gun and Chaos versus Bullet Club. These matches we're building for uh, tomorrow. We've got Sonata versus Zack Saber. Or sorry, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm still on last night. Tonight, tonight. Technically, it have... will be tomorrow. Actually, no. It'll, you're on the left no, it'll coast. Be tonight. So it's, it's 9 p.m. Tonight. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be uh, tonight. Time we've got zone. Since Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the uh, Rev Pro British Heavyweight title. And we've also got uh, Hiroki Goto versus Kenta for the Never Openweight belt tonight. Um, That might be the somebody might die match. uh, That's going to be the. They're going to. 
beat the crap out of each other match. It always is with the never open weight belt with these kind of, with these guys. Um, yeah, I I was a fool and picked uh, Suzuki and uh, Bullet Club Kenta uh, to win, but shockingly, no, uh, Los Ingobernables and Chaos both won these matches, which was shocking. So because you know if you want to handicap things, that means. Um, that, uh, I mean, I was a fool. Sonata, I, I thought, I picked Sonata to win tonight. Um, so it makes sense that they, you know, took a L last night. Um, but I, I, I thought, I thought Goto was going to take out Kenta. I really did. But, uh, the fact that he beat, he was the guy who got the pin last night and stood tall tonight makes me think he's not beating Kenta. Um, which means Kenta's reign of terror will continue. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't know. What do you think about that, Nick? Do you think that Kenta should continue his reign of terror? Yes, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we both picked Goto to win tonight, right? I I am I am now severely questioning myself. <laughs> yeah. But I've already uh, locked that, in. That, I've locked that, in. I that 0-2 lead that you picked up from the pre-show quickly went away as we got into the main Ooh. card here, and I was just like, "Oh, this got interesting real quick." So at Ooh. this point, we're tied two and two. Yeah, uh, it, all all things are even again. I and, was sweating. I was yeah. sweating in our Discord chat last like, night. For the, am I going to beat Sir Ian Dangerous at a New Japan s- Pickums? <laughs> also, by the way, thank you to everyone who hung out with us in our Discord chat last night. I know yeah. everyone was fading hard by the end. Everyone was like just dying, but we made it. We made it, kids. Uh, then we got in the show. We got into the title matches: Gorillas of Destiny versus Finn Juice, which of course is David Finlay and Juice Robinson for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Oh my. god. God, oh my G-O-D, oh my God, Nick, uh, we did not see this coming. No. We did not see this coming. However, uh, there was an interesting call uh, that I want to call it before we say the results and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, Kevin Kelly said that this was the seventh time, the seventh time, seventh Wrestle Kingdom in a row where the tag championships have changed hands. And I went, oh, damn, I didn't even realize that. Did we go back and double check that? Did you? I know you said in the chat you were you didn't realize that either. Or you were going to look into that, but uh, that was I, that wasn't the thing I was going to look into. The but I did know that um, th- when I made my pick and when I said Grills Destiny was going to pick this up, I actually said that because I knew that the tag team titles change hands at Wrestle Kingdom all the time. I didn't know the exact number uh, of of seven, but I knew it was like every year they every year they change hands. Uh, I couldn't remember a time that they didn't, and I thought this was the year with Finn Juice being kind of a thrown together tag team of a couple of uh, gaijins uh, I thought this was the year that the gorillas I mean, gorilla, gorillas are, are a strong 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 team I thought they were going to retain yep. uh, nope surprise upset Finn Juice are your new tag team champions which means tonight because of the uh, outcome of our next match which was Lance Archer versus John Moxley uh, Juice Robinson has the opportunity to become a double champ as well, a two-belt champ as well, with a victory tonight over Jan Moxley, who took out Lance Archer in a Texas death match that gave me exactly what I wanted. For a, for a essentially a jumped-up last-man-standing match, which I typically hate, uh, this felt like a last-man-standing match. Nick, this is how it's supposed to be. Where like you're actually worried for these guys' safety, and, and it wasn't crazy stuff. It was trash can lids, chairs, and kendo sticks. Like it wasn't it's, like there was some huge array of weapons deployed in this match. It was pretty no. traditional stuff. 
But the big spot at the end was... Well, it was also how they applied those weapons, Nick, sure, let's be clear. Sure, Like, there was some absolutely brutal kendo stick strikes. There was a... a, a, a an absolutely crazy uh, crucifix, like flip power bomb. I forget what Lance calls it. Uh, basically, like a reverse razor's edge kind of thing onto a bunch of chairs. Like it was absolutely. It, there was a lot of really well executed weapon spots, and this felt like a brutal match. Yeah, truly brutal match. Uh, but yes, Nick, that final that the final move. Which I just, oh, we all just what's cringed. He call, what's he calling his finisher now? Death Rider. Death Rider, that's right. Death Rider, elevated DDT from the ring apron onto not just any tables, Japanese tables, which, by the way, are hard as hell. So <laughs> Lance Archer just head first, elevated no protection onto these tables. They both came up bloody. La- Lance uh, lacerated his arm. I saw it. He didn't even come yeah. back into the ring afterwards. They were treating his uh, his arm, yeah. pouring blood everywhere. Something yes. something stabbed him or something like that. Yeah, but holy well, smokes, <laughs> just brutal. Uh, but great match. Moxley is a new champ. He faces Juice tonight. He vowed after the match to uh, to end it. Uh, he was a gambler. He's like, I'm coming. I'm going. I'm coming home with nothing, or I'm coming home with it with the with the prize. So that's the way we're doing this. Uh, it remains to be seen whether Juice is a double champ or Mox remains the champ going out of Wrestle Kingdom. Mm. Uh, Juice Robinson his. with a chance for uh, a two-belter kind yeah, of showing so as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so next we had Osprey versus Takahashi, which I was pegging as being the sleeper match of the night. And it almost was if the main event hadn't been so amazing. Yeah. Uh, this was They did things in this match that are not humanly possible, Nick. Sasuke special... special Gets blocked uh, to the outside of the ring, by the way. Sasuke Special, the outside of the ring, gets blocked by Takahashi, throws Osprey up the ramp. Osprey, he reverses. He gets thrown, but he lands on his feet, comes running back at Takahashi. Takahashi, German suplexes Osprey back through the ropes of the ring into another Sasuke Special that hits. That's one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. Wow. Just. I, I have no words for this match, honestly. I It didn't go the way that I thought it would. Um, I had a hunch. This was one of those that I was 50-50 on. I wasn't really right. sure. Uh, and we I remember on our Pick'em's show uh, last weekend, we were having so much trouble picking this one because, oh, God, it, it would invalidate his return if they didn't give him the belt. And uh, Yeah. They had to go this way. Will's going to be fine. They had to. Will will be fine. Takahashi did pick up the very emotional win here. Um <laughs> Dude kicked out of everything but Stormbreaker. He got he took the hidden blade like a like a monster. That like, I was just, just I actually oh god oh oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were into the oh god he's killed him matches at this point. <laughs> uh yeah so Takashi did retain at this point I started having my comeback. Jay White versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. This was what we've been saying the last few months, Nick. It all comes down to these these matches right here. I was is one of four people. Is going to walk out a double champ. It's going to be Jay White, Naito, Okada, or Ibushi will be a, a double champ. We'll have both of the major belts, the Intercontinental Belt and the uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship Belt. And you know what? It's not going to be Jay White. It's not going to be Jay White because Jay White lost to Naito here. Uh, Naito gritted it out, hit up a couple de- Destinos at the end of this, uh, beat up Gato, showered everyone with spit. Even red shoes. Even spat out red shoes. 
Uh, so he's man, a llama, I, as you say. He's a llama. He's a llama. <laughs> llama Naito. But, uh, yeah, Naito takes out Jay White, and he kind of underscores the fact that this is his redemption. You know, if, he, if he's able to pull this off, this is redemption for all the other tragedy that's befallen him in his career, which is why I've been calling him to win, Nick. It's my boy, Naito. I, I can see it happening now. I, I didn't see it happening before, but I do now, uh, especially after what happened after the final main event match. Oh, um, my Lord. Kazuchika Okada versus Kota but Kota essentially cashing in his G1 briefcase yes. uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. This this might be one of those. I, I'm anxious to see how many how many six plus stars Meltzer yeah. gave this match because uh, it was one <laughs> of those that it reminded me of how hard hitting the old Okada Omega matches were with all how, of the, the knee strikes, the V triggers, the the Rainmakers, everything. Oh, I went straight to uh, Shibata matches. Oh, I went straight yeah. to like, like how hard Shibata and Okada used to hit each other. Uh, Ibushi at one point, like he, you know, like Ibushi goes dead sometimes. Yeah. Like he just starts like hitting the like. Uh, I remember in the G one, he had a match with uh, Ishii where he just started neck striking him. He starts hitting him in the throat. Uh, he did that here. <laughs> Okada got under his skin, and Ibushi went to that dark place, and he just. Beat Okada he mercilessly. He started closed fist punching just, him to the point where I was getting uncomfortable. I was the, like, so the is, point is, where the crowd, oh. the crowd booed him. The crowd booed Ibushi. The Golden Star. He got Ibushi. Ibushi. <laughs> they oh, they were not happy about it, and because it, it was scary. It, yeah, it was. He was he was hitting a lifeless corpse at his feet. Uh, but Okada is Okada, and there's a reason he's Okada. They had me swerved four or five different times at the yep. end of this match, Nick. Yep. And yet, at the end, Okada rainmakers the crap out of Ibushi, and Okada moves on to face Tetsuya Naito tonight. Ibushi will, face, will have a rematch of the G1, uh, and it's, it'll be uh, Ibushi versus Jay White. My goodness. I want to go back and watch, after tonight, sometime in the next week, I want to go back and watch the Osprey Takahashi match again, and I want to watch Okada Ibushi again when I'm not yeah. dead tired. And <laughs> I'm not when it's not six in the morning, and I've been right. up for almost 24 hours. Uh, I, I want to go back and really analyze those two matches because I mean, right there on January 3rd, fourth, fourth, we might have already gotten two match of the year contenders. Out of those <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Two. Gotta love Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, that's what happened last year too. Like right off the yeah. bat, Wrestle Kingdom, and and they're putting up matches of the year. Uh, Freaking Osprey. You know, I just had a, a fantastic 2019. Comes right out in this year, guns blazing. So, and Okada proving why he's Okada. Yeah, great stuff. Great first night. I'm very much looking forward to tonight. Lots of things up in the air. Lots of titles up in the air tonight. Um, plus Jushin Thunder Liger's final match and Tiger Hattori, referee Tiger Hattori's final match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but Nick, we have so much more to get to. We hope you enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom as much as we did. But... There's plenty more to talk about, starting with Monday Night Raw. Well, the happiness ends here, folks. <clears throat> <laughs> we had the the culmination of the Lana Lashley storyline. Maybe uh, that's not the culmination. It's Maybe just going. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's it was an end or a beginning, depending Season on finale. how you look at it. Yeah. Season finale. To be continued, sort of thing. Uh, Lana and Lashley got married on Monday well, Night Raw. Well, they tried. Of, or they did tried. they? <laughs> I don't think they ever said yes. They, they never really. 
you, you had that poor flustered uh, officiator who was who in the history of bad acting he's uh, on wrestling shows he's got to go in at least the hall of fame uh he, he i don't think he ever actually got to the point where you know he's he was like man uh do you woman uh do you and they never actually said yes because of course at the end Rusev jumped out of the cake and just laid Oh you spoiled it. Well no I didn't because honestly we there's a giant cake in the middle of the ring for the entire segment. So That's at the beginning of the segment, well, hold on, because you knew Rusev's coming out of that cake the entire time. Yeah. It was how we got there that you had no idea of how it was going to go down. And sure enough, they, yeah, they swerved us all, uh, for better or for worse. Some people were livid. Some people were intrigued. Uh, but boy, did they, they pulled a one, two, three punch. On us in this segment. This was most of the show too. Like this, this was the 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 closing moments of the show, and also, by the way, the last thing that WWE did on this regular programming in 2019. In the decade, and the, this and is and how the they decade. closed out the decade. <laughs> Te- technically, technically, Dolph Ziggler, Roman Reigns had a match on New Year's Eve, but on their shows, this was how they closed the decade. So did our uh, truth, for that matter. But yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe our truth. With the twenty four seven championship was the final thing, but at any rate, this was their this was their last thing, and they built up the whole show to it. Uh, Eric Rowan didn't get invited, and he was Meh, he wasn't happy about that. Uh, Lana was had everything getting set up, including Bobby Lashley with a with a tuxedo jacket with no shirt and no sleeves. <laughs> Which, of course, of course, Lashley, of course. Uh, but we finally get to the segment itself, the actual wedding ceremony, and you know, trashy in only the ways that a, a wrestling wedding ceremony can be. If you've ever seen a wrestling wedding ceremony on TV, you kind of know what you're gonna get. Yeah, you kind of know. And sure enough, as soon as we get to the part where they say, "Oh, anybody have any reason why these two should not be married?" Uh, uh oh boy, out comes Lana's first husband. What? Uh. The the uh, and he's like, yeah, I married Lana Lana when I turned eighteen, and then she left me for Rusev. Okay, all right, uh, all right. An interruption, but nothing too crazy. Lashley's first wife came out, um, and uh, she, he was, she was like, yeah, I met Lashley when he was in the military. She gets taken out by Lana. Um, the cleared. We've had a little chaos, but everything seems to be back more, more or less on track. Everyone's a little flustered little rumpled, but that's nothing too crazy as far as wrestling weddings going. Okay, yeah, previous husbands and wives coming out to interrupt. That's that's kind of par for the course. So point of order here, we're at this point, I remember specifically looking at the clock going, it's already like 10 past. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're already 10 minutes over, and they traditionally have run anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes over on, on some of the bigger shows like this, but I'm sitting here going, Rusev's still in that cake. Like, how, how are they going to get? How are they going to land this plane? He's got a snorkel in there. He's like, "Oh man, this, <laughs> come on, uh, Matchka already." But we weren't done uh, with the surprises just yet no. because one more person interrupted the proceedings. Uh, and this li- is the big story of the segment, yes. by the way. This is this is this is what all of this has been building to. That's why I gave away the Rusev coming out and laying waste at the end of this. <laughs> this is what I was getting to, Nick. Liv Morgan comes out. The newly yeah. repackaged. Yes. Blonde, elegant, you know, coming uh, out to show you who suit, I really am. You know? Yes, yep. you're gonna see the real me, the real Liv Morgan. We've been building to it for months. 
building to it for months. We've all thought, maybe she's going to be Sister Abigail with Bray Wyatt, or they'll give her something cool to do. She comes out, Nick. She walks to the ring. She says, I can't let this happen. I can't let someone that I love do this thing. I can't let someone that I love get married when it's just not right. I don't understand why this is happening. And Lashley says, I, I don't, we've never had any kind of relationship. And she goes, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Lana. So Liv Morgan's repackaging after all this time, Nick, Liv Morgan's repackaging is as an angry, lesbian, jilted lover. Mm. Here's mm. what I'll say. Mm. If uh, some people watch Total Divas, some don't. And they spent a lot of time this season of Total, on Total Divas with Sonya Deville and her interactions with Ariana, her fiancé, girlfriend. Uh, they spent a lot of time between her and Ronda Rousey from earlier in 2019, the back-and-forth exchanges they had on social media that we all kind of thought might lead somewhere. Ooh, are we going to get an MMA ladies day, uh, feud? Excited, excited. Never went anywhere. She, we went to the point where she pitched the lesbian angle uh, storyline between her and Mandy to yeah. uh, creative. And, and it we, got even, we even saw like, it like, shut down. Yeah. And we got little hints at it because I think she did. Yes. They might have gone off script and tested that just to show what it could potentially be. And we all got kind of excited about it because LGBTQ representation. Like we, we want that, uh, that to have it. I think you and I even said on the show, Nick, is like, you know, it'd be nice to see a, a, an LGBTQ storyline, but we don't know that we trust WW to tell it well without it being right. trashy without it just being oh, she's gay <laughs> stupid gay <laughs> you know what i mean like I, yeah i still don't trust ww to tell that storyline and frankly here they gave a big fat sharpie underline to everything every reason why i don't trust them to tell that storyline yep so it was very apparent on uh, on social media after this segment debuted or aired uh that Sonya was not very happy about this. <laughs> no. Mandy was not very happy about this. No. And it, it's funny to me that here you have someone who is legitimately out and is open about their sexuality uh, and is already in the WWE and could handle things appropriately, like would know the things to say, the moves to make, the, the, the way to navigate that landscape properly. Nope, you're going to take you're gonna take someone else that was mostly irrelevant, unfortunately, dye her hair blonde and put her in a pantsuit and track, tr um, trot her out to have one with another blonde. Vince, <laughs> you, or Paul, you're just showing your caught your hand. Was man. this, but, but you know, was this Vince or was this Paul Heyman? Because remember Paul Heyman had his own share of this kind of storyline back in the, in the nineties as well. This is definitely could be a Paul Heyman special right here as well. Uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before Rusev, grabs Lana and Liv and says, I'll take them both. If anyone remembers that Tommy Dreamer moment back in ECW. That's Paul. <laughs> okay, so... Vince is the two blondes, but that's Paul. <laughs> oh, right. Well, you got the two of them working together and you get oh, both of their predilections. But I guess my point here is, is that, you know, Sonya, there was no guarantee they were going to tell Sonya's story appropriately, although right. at least you would have had someone who is, you know, legitimately part of the community playing the role. Now, you don't. Um... And so right off the bat, you have an air of illegitimacy to the storyline. But it's also, 
uh, in, could they somehow come around and make her like a realistic character who just so happens to have, uh, you know, a blurred sexuality? Like Lana even posted on Twitter how, oh yeah, you know, sexuality is a rainbow. Uh, it can be many, you know, you can be many. Everyone, it's not black and white. Um, you know, so great to try to explain to people that it's not like you either like you like men or you like women. Um, it's not like that. You can have it both ways. You can sure. be uh, many different things. It's on a spectrum. Um, so at least from that standpoint, the fact that they're pointing that out, eh, I, I'm not, I'm not even going to give them credit for that. Like, at least that's there. But our, I don't have a whole lot of faith that going forward, Liv is going to be treated, you know, like a normal wrestler who just happens to be gay, which is what they seem to want to do with the Sonya storyline, which is, you know, and it got nixed. And Sonya's girlfriend also, also wasn't really comfortable with it, too, which I should point out. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, you know, the, I, the, the thing we were talking about with the Sonya Manny storyline was, can we do this as though it were just any other love story, right? Like what they're doing now with Mandy and Otis. Can we play this as though it's just any other love story, or does it have to be just covered in... They're gay, though you know, kind of like the women's revolution, where you can't just start having women in the main event. You have to make it a big publicity stunt, and every time you have women come out and have a match, you have to be like, "They're women, and they're wrestling." Ooh, you know, I, it can't, want, it can't just be there. I, I don't want to give anybody that much credit. I, I want to keep it as simple, twelve-year-old locker room as I can, and it's Vince wanting to see two blonde chicks make out. Absolutely. That, no, that's, that's, it's that's, that that's simple. The problem. We can sit here it's, and speculate and and you know overcomplicate this, but that at the bottom of line, that's that's really what this comes down to. He wants to see him get into little hair pulling cat fights and end up making out somehow. Which it's is what they stupid. did. They had two chicks fighting, they, and and Lana and Liv got into it in the ring, and both their skirts went flying up around their necks. Uh, you know, and we ended up they having end up a in the cake. You know, right? And <laughs> by this know, point, Rusev's out, and, and at this point. <laughs> Like we burst out of the cake, like, is it potty time yet? Okay, and he's going, right? So on the one hand, you know, you have basically a typical wrestling uh, wedding, which, you know, I expect trashy. I expect chaos. I got those things. So on the one hand, did they execute a wrestling wedding the way I expect them to? Yes, Yes. they absolutely did. On the other hand, did they use LGBTQ representation as shock value uh, in your face, surprise, swerve, and not as just, you know, not actually like treat it the way it should be. Yes, they did that too, um, th- which was kind of dis- disrespectful for anyone who's in that community who's been following WWE and thinking that they're turning a corner or something. You know, they're 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 not. Is there also a, a, a <laughs> so, level of Middle America Bible Belt fan base that they're just kind of poking in the eye that doesn't believe in? homosexuality or lgbtq stuff that is triggering them you know i just of course yeah there's a level of that that's going on here too and, and that's what i took away from it is, is, eh, you had an opportunity to do something genuine and instead you went the other way and I that's mean, what number, really rubs me wrong posts, about the whole thing the number of hate posts that lana and lashley have both gotten on twitter from people who are you know very very uh unsubtly being like you know you, you're blonde you shouldn't be with that guy you know what I'm saying? Like the like the people that it's still in 2020 now are you know then that's and but that's the point of the storyline. That's part one of the reasons why they did that was to poke all those people that are going to get triggered by seeing a white woman with a black man. 
still in this day and age. And honestly, like if if you want to take those people's money, knock yourselves out. Take their money. They deserve they deserve to have their money taken. But at the same time, I'm not sure if that's the audience you want to be playing to. Right. Like that's maybe my point. at some point play to an audience that you know might be more. It's, I say more sophisticated. It's wrestling. It's WWE wrestling <laughs> on top of that. Right. So I know what I'm saying when I say this. But at some point, do you have to evolve, Nick? Yes, you do. I guess is what I'm saying. So this didn't feel like an evolution. This felt like a throwback. We all uh, wanted the Attitude Era back, right? Here you, you go, kids. This, is, this was definitely prime Attitude Era. Lap it up, pal. <laughs> and I don't mean that. In a complimentary way. Some other stuff on the show actually was good, though. We had uh, Kevin Owens come out and get beat up by uh, AOP with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins gave a nice little promo about uh, how it's just not his fault. He's just, or sorry, uh, Owens was out first, then uh, then Seth came to the top of the ramp and basically said, you know, it's none of my fault. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like a messiah, just trying to, you know... (laughs) Do what's right for everybody. And you just I was CrossFit Jesus. Now I'm wrestling Jesus. You know. Now I'm just. Now I'm just Jesus. I'm just Jesus. <laughs> I'm just Jesus. And I brought my two thugs from the crosses. My disciples. We're going to come at you. <laughs> my disciples of pain. That's right. So the, uh, of course AOP rushes the ring. They also are beating up Kevin Owens. But who should come to the save? But mm. Samoa Joe, mm. Mm. who of course also has some recent heat with AOP. They put him through a table. He ain't going to talk on the mic no more. Now it's both their asses, Nick. And he came out with a kendo stick and laid waste to a huge ovation, one of the biggest pops of the night. Uh, yes. Yes. Has this been, you know, we always talk about how they have a hard time keeping them in their pants in WWE. They have a hard time building good storylines. They've built this pretty perfect, Nick. You know what the best like, part of this the, whole thing is? What's the best part of this whole thing? There's not a belt in sight. It's just a genuine yeah. feud. It's just blood feud. It's just wrestling. And there's no there's no titles or stakes or any of that kind of stuff. Just this you've got Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, AOP, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio's kind of orbiting out there somewhere and this whole thing there's not a title in sight and I love yeah. that. Absolutely love yes. that. It's beautiful. I mean like yeah, the US title's even gone now cuz you know Andrade's got it. Um, and we can't have a title on it because Brock's gone. <laughs> Who knows where he is or when he'll be back. Uh, he'll or be back in a couple him? weeks. Who's facing him when he comes back? Who knows? Yeah. Um, Drew McIntyre. But, uh, yeah, no, th- th- this is great. And they, they've built this all the way through the Seth's heel turn. And I love the fact that he's now this Messiah complex uh, mastermind heel. Like the, in my opinion, the heel he always should have been coming out of the shield where he was supposedly the architect he now feels like the architect, Nick. He feels like a schemer, a guy who will tell you all these things to your face and then do the exact opposite behind your back, and he's playing everyone against each other. Um, but he's just not ready for the primal force that is Samoa Joe. Yep. I'm loving this. Yep. This is really good stuff. This is Facey really good Samoa Joe, TV. too, uh, is something we haven't seen in quite some time. So I'm, I'm anxious to see in, how this goes. We haven't seen it in WWE, I don't that, believe. That's... Uh, uh, yeah, you might Except be right. Except for like a maybe a brief flash at one point. I'm trying to think back. I feel but like I don't there was a U.S. Ever... title flash at some point where he took it off. No? He was kind of face against Brock. Yeah. Eh, ish. Uh, but any, yeah, no, this, this is this – is, I love it. Loving it. That's really all I have to say about this. I love Joe as a badass face. I love him and Kevin Owens as a team. I love them facing off against uh, Seth Rollins and his awesome new character and the fact that he's now – AOP or his goons and they're legit AF. Uh, yeah, this is 
This is good stuff all around. Yeah. Also good stuff, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy have their rematch. And this one was a baller match. This is one of the best matches on WWE TV this week. Yeah. Um, although, Alistair Black double taps Buddy Murphy. One black mass wasn't enough. It didn't really quite get all of it. So he just had to go for two. And mm. Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy, he did. He, that, that man did. Do you like that these two guys are just wrestling with zero stakes and zero storyline? Um, zero thing. I, I just, they just, just, they're just having exhibition matches to see who's better. This is what it should have been all along. The, the, they should have, they're kind of appeasing their hardcore fans in these audiences and drawing in the casual fans to these guys who they may not know because of WWE's bungling of their character development. Uh, this is the best character development you could give for these guys is let them go out there and ball out in these matches and just beat the crap out of each other and get people engaged. And they did. They've had yeah. this is awesome chance on both of their matches from people who probably didn't really know who they were before these matches. Um, you know, and, and it shows what they are. It's not just Aleister Black talking to a camera in a weirdly lit room backstage uh, about how he's going to pick a fight. It's him going out there and being a terrifying silent killer. It's Buddy Murphy going out there and being a cocky asshole who can go, who can go, who's just getting a little bit outclassed here. Like, all around, this is, since we've had them stop talking, this has been great. Would I like to see more stakes? Of course. But, you know, like we just said, there's not a whole lot of belts to go around. So the fact that they're giving this the due that they're giving it is actually really nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those where I think inevitably two to three months from now, as we get closer to Mania, we might see – I think we're going to have Elimination Chamber. There's a chance there for large groups to get opportunities. We saw Kofi get a big one last year off the back of an Elimination Chamber match, six-way yeah. match. So, I mean, you're going to have opportunities to insert these guys and just see who can get themselves over. And I think Buddy – I hate to say it. I think Buddy's got a bigger chance to get over than Alistair here. Because they have just, I feel like they've ruined Alistair. But Buddy, I think, still has something left if they can bring back that true techno-viking type of mentality where he's just well, unstoppable. you got to change his, got to change his ring entrance back then if you're going to do yeah. that. But uh, I honestly feel like they're, they're putting, they're investing more in Alistair Black. Otherwise, they would have had Buddy Murphy win here. So at least it was, they could go to a rubber match and uh, and have it be like, you know, they they both tied, and then yeah. one of them picks up the win. No, no, this is Alistair Black beat Buddy Murphy 2-0. So to me, this feels like they're putting Alistair over a little bit at the expense of Buddy Murphy, who still looked good. Um, but I worry that he's going to get the, the, the good hand treatment, as, right. as if you will, and Alistair Black might get a bit more of a push and go up the card. But it's a it's a stacked card on Raw, so we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, we Speaking of stacked cards, another, two other guys having a feud with, with there's no belt. Randy Orton and AJ Styles are back in a feud a year after their last one that led to a WrestleMania match where AJ was the face and Orton was the heel. Well, now Orton is the face, AJ's the heel. Orton actually injured himself on a, uh, on a, a house show. He, bummed his, he busted his, uh, his knee, and uh, we were led all weekend to believe that he was going to be out for a long time. And so he comes out to the ring and, and basically says he, that he might be retiring. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to continue when he comes back from this leg injury and the audience is, no, 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 they're not, they're not happy about it. And then AJ Styles come out, comes out to mock him and said, Oh, is this it for you, Randy? Oh man. Uh, you know, he, he says, I'm just going to let you, I'm gonna let you take me. 
Puts his hands behind his RKO back. RKO me. I'll, clo- I'll, I'll on, close my eyes. On, buddy. Look, you have your chance right now. No, I guess you really are injured. <laughs> Orton. Uh, well, I guess I'm just going to have to move on without you. Uh, and mocks him, mocks him, mocks him. And, of course, at the end of the segment, Randy Orton RKO's the crap out of AJ, and he's fine. We were all They were trying to work us all. What's funny about this, Nick, is actually Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer revealed that it was all a work before this segment, and Creative was apparently furious that it had gotten out, that it had been leaked somehow, that the injury was staged. Because to everybody else, except for like AJ and Orton, uh, everyone else thought it was legit. Um, <sighs> oh, well, Meltzer. Well, but that's also, that's Meltzer's job. Uh, so I see, I see it kind of from both sides of this, where like, well, if you didn't want it to be spoiled, maybe make, you know, like it's on creative to make an engaging storyline and whether or not it's spoiled that it's legit or not. Yeah. Like you've got to make an engaging segment. Um, and it was fine. I thought the segment was fine. I, I'm kind of wondering where it's going now though, Nick, again, no stakes, no belt. Are we heading towards a WrestleMania match? That's, that's three months away. Can they build it that long? What are we heading towards with this? Uh, I think we'll f- I think we'll know better February first. I think we'll know better post Rumble, because I think this month is all about setting up the Royal Rumble, and I think coming out of that is normally where we really shifted into a, a higher gear uh, t- from the booking perspective of how we're going to get to WrestleMania. We didn't really have the WrestleMania. I mean, like we had the big top of the card stuff, but even that shifted as recently as a, like six weeks out of Mania. We saw Charlotte get inserted into uh, the women's match last year. We saw, um, what else? We saw Kofi coming out of Elimination Chamber and those, that series of gauntlet matches he had to go through to get his shot at Daniel Bryan's World Championship. So I, I don't know if we're, we can call it this early anymore. Um, it, it, you can start predicting like who's going to win the Rumble and maybe be in that top title match, but at this point, we know Becky and Asuka are entering into a feud. Uh, yep. we, we have that, that that's coming, but that's about it. Yeah. We don't well, know speaking- much more yet. And speaking of that, uh, Becky said she will not re-sign her contract and, until she gets that match with Asuka. So she's having a match with Asuka at the Royal Rumble for her title because that's her one blemish. Uh, and so that's been that's official. Becky should Becky's going to have that match at uh, Rumble. Should she lose that match, Nick? I don't should know. Becky lose that match to give her something to do to WrestleMania? Or you can't ask she... me that right now. Okay, it, I it hurts I, I, to I, I, have I to answer that because both neither one of them can lose. But I think Asuka is going to win. Well, I, I won't give my opinion, but uh, I definitely, I think that's going to be an interesting match. And I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing it. It will be um, very telling the the outcome of that match as we go forward. What I was just saying. That's, yes, that, that's. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. Right. A uh, few more things on Raw. The Street Profits beat the OC straight up. Uh, the OC, of course, crowing crowing about how they're the only ones who've ever beaten the uh, the Viking Raider War Machine, uh, the current champs. Looks like we're heading into a t- triple threat in the tag team division based on a, a uh, promo that the Viking Raiders cut after Raw. Um, and also, Booker T has been like saying he might manage the Street Profits. Can you imagine the Street Profits with Booker T as a manager? Why? I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, where they're already fun enough on their own. They're already a package. Yeah, they're, they're fine. Like, the I, don't, promo I wouldn't that, mind a few more. The promo Montez Ford cut after that match? Fire. We want the smoke. And he just came into the camera and just, oh, God, yes. More of that, please. Montez Ford yeah. is a damn superstar. And, I mean, light the fire under that dude and just turn him loose because, holy smoke. They kind of did. I, I know, but I, it still feels like they're they're holding back just a, li- just a little ha- bit. 
You have to. Where is he going to go? Look how much else there's. Like this is what we we're just talking about. There's so much talent on Raw right now. Like they're they're pairing off AJ and Randy just to give them something to do. You know, so they're they're right where they should be in a triple threat. Nick, your tag division is doing well. Why would you want to send him off on a rocket ship when you've got three tag teams, two of them who are your favorites, and one of them who also you're kind of your favorites as well? You just don't crow about them quite as much. In the the forgotten Sons? Oh. No, Nick, not the not the forgot. Sorry, I forgot all about them. Uh, God, you got me right off the rails. Uh, God damn it! All right, Andrade, Andrade Cien Almas had a match with Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet, of course, getting screwed up by Zelina Vega. Andrade picks up the win. Um, this is, of course, after Ricochet saved a local talent from being murdered by Andrade. I wouldn't mind that Andrade Ricochet feud, although I don't think Ricochet is winning that feud now that Andrade is the U.S. champion, but. That would be some good matches. I have to say, when, hit, when Ricochet's music hit, popped, uh, to come out for the save, uh, I also popped. I was like, oh, yes, please give it to me. Put it in my eye holes. Did you, did you pop at the Kapwing or did you pop at his music? The Kapwing. Right. That's why, and that's why Vince did it. We all went, oh, God, really? An actual literal Ricochet at the it's beginning of his song? Glass shatter. Right. Exactly. It's the punch moment. Yep. It's the moment you go. Boom! Where you like, you know? Do you smell? If you smell, it, oh Jesus, he's coming out! Yeah. So that's as as Ricochet gets more, you know, over with the fans, the more that's going to pop people yep. when it happens. So what do you know? Vince got one right. Uh, Drew McIntyre beat the crap out of Ryder and Hawkins in a full-on squash match. So they're they're making McIntyre look strong with you know everyone that they've got in the back. Uh, fine. Where, where where are we going with McIntyre? He's winning. Where the are we going? He's not, really, you think? Yep. McIntyre, they, they haven't done anything to build him towards a main event at WrestleMania. Oh, well, you like, have Roman I wanted again? to see it. Uh, well, he did announce that he will be uh, in, in the Royal Rumble on SmackDown. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Charlotte had a match with Natalia. Eh, it was eh. a match. She said she'll be in the Royal Rumble. Okay. And then finally, Francis Kip Stevens, a local enhancement talent. Uh, got murdered by Eric Rowan after trying to look in the cage. You know, you've seen it before. You've seen it every week for the last few weeks. But you have not seen Eric Rowan's shirt. Eric Rowan's shirt watch. Rowan's shirt watch. To finish off Raw. Arcona. Arcona. Russian folk metal. Uh, going back to his roots is old Eric Rowan here. Going back to some folk metal. That's, that's his bread and butter right there. This time it's Arcona. Who I'm actually not really aware of. I've been listening to a lot more of like Finnish stuff lately. Yeah, like some like expansive Finnish. Back into the Scandinavian black metal. Yeah, like I'm like kind of <laughs> doing like, like a lot of. Uh, well, I'm doing Insomnium, but I'm also doing a lot of like Swallow the Sun. Yeah, so I, I not I, maybe I gotta go listen to some Arcona and see what's uh, what's up with that. But that is Monday Night Raw, Nick. There's so much more wrestling to talk about, which means we gotta head over and discuss AEW. Well, kicking things off on AEW, let's talk about Jim Maxley. Right, that's that's just going to be a running fun trope from now on. Uh, oh, had a no. match with uh, old Trent Beretta. And, uh, Trent? It, Trent? Trent? It's just Trent. Trent? <laughs> uh, beat the crap out of poor Trent. Yep. Um, he, even, he even got his pockets going for Orange Cassidy. Uh, and... Uh, I, here's the problem. 
is that there, a lot happened here. Like, you know, the match with Trent, you had Jericho show up in the Tron and promise Moxley a bunch of things like 49% interest in the inner circle and a, and a new car and all this stuff. Uh, but it was a whole lot of sound and thunder signifying nothing because we were promised an answer as to what Moxley was going to do with the inner circle this week. We didn't get it. Uh, Moxley said, yeah, I'll tell you next week. After Is I that, make sure I don't die at Wrestle Kingdom, I'll be right back. <laughs> maybe that was it. Yeah. Let me come back, you know, either either covered in cuts and bruises or with a belt. Well, uh, last time I went to Japan, it didn't work out so well for me. So hold that thought. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, keep in mind also Jericho might come back with one of the greatest wrestlers of all time breathing down his neck because he's got a uh, match with Tanahashi tonight. And if he loses, Tanahashi gets an AEW title shot. Mm. So, yeah, a lot could happen after Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe that's why they're delaying, but that's a bad precedent to set to say, you know, that's, that's, a, that's very WWE. Hey, this, this is going to happen on this day. That day comes along. What, what thing? We never promised that. No, 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 no. That's not happening today. No, it's we're happening doing that another next time. week. Oh, no, another time. Um, yeah, so that was a, the crowd wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. Like, we were supposed to have an answer this week, and it, was, it wasn't even like a good reason to push it off. It was just, yeah, I'll just answer you next week. So, uh, uh, why give a date? Why not think about it? Talk to me next week. And I don't know. I, I'm nitpicking maybe, but uh, this kind of bummed me out a little bit that they that they went with this particular way of handling this storyline. How long do you think uh, Jericho will make Moxley wait? Are we going to see Jericho Tanahashi at Revolution and Moxley has to wait for later? Or are we going to get Moxley Jericho right away and Tanahashi comes in later? Because I'm pretty sure Tanahashi's coming. Oh, you are? Because oh, I'm not. I'm I'm still kind of, eh, I don't know if it'll happen. Maybe. I'm still kind of skeptical about whether that crossover is going to happen. So, I don't know. I, let's I, let's see what happens tonight. I think I'm not being skeptical because I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, uh, you, I would, believe you me, I, we've, we've raved and waxed poetic plenty about the merger or the intermingling of AEW and New Japan. Uh, you know, uh, uh, that's that would be fantastic for you, all you of us. You picked Tanahashi to win tonight. So. Yeah. <laughs> did I? Uh, you did. All right. Well. So, apparently, you thought it's happening. That's why I just assumed. I just assumed. All right. I didn't yeah. know you were on the fence about it. I think I picked it because I think Jericho's busy and doesn't have time for that. And a, <laughs> there, Then there was the revelation that Tanahashi was going to come over. Uh, I think after that, after we made those picks. Anyway, whatever. Let's yeah. not get down uh, that rabbit hole. All right. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I'm curious to see what happens, uh, but we'll know more, as you said, after Wrestle Kingdom tonight, so we'll talk about that on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Cody had a match with Darby Allen. That was quick. Mm. Um, and beat him with a bit of help from his new manager, Arn Anderson, the enforcer, is now officially Cody's manager. A uh, couple questions here, Nick. Why have Cody Darby 2.0 if Darby's just going to lose again? Are we building a long storyline where Darby just can't beat Cody, kind of a la David Star Walter, or and he becomes obsessed with Cody? Or like, what's the idea here? Like, Alan, I thought was on the right track, and now I'm not so sure. I'm not sure why they put. I mean, last week we had the thing, or two weeks ago, I should say, because we we skipped Christmas. Uh, we had the thing where Darby came out for the save and uh, right. helped. Cody up and I thought we were going to run something with that where they were allied and to flip it this quickly literally yeah. the next show you had to where they're having a match and Darby's losing blew my mind a little bit because it's not the direction that you led me to believe with Darby coming out for a save 
So is Darby more of like a every man that's just going to help somebody in need? I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of all of this because no, I don't it, see, it doesn't I don't go that. anywhere. I don't see that. I mean, it's, it, that's what I'm saying is like I could see an obsession angle with Darby because like I'm looking at his character. What, the, what are they trying to show with his character with this? You know, they're letting him be very much in control, in control of his character in AEW. They're much more character-oriented for a lot of these guys. So what story is he wanting to tell? You know what? I re- my gut tells me that every week I see more and more of the Darby face paint in the crowd at AEW. Yeah. And I think by this continual loss after loss after loss, when he does finally get that win, it's going to be that much bigger. Because They're, the crowd yes. is buying in and investing into Darby and this kind of ethereal character that he is. You don't really know what to expect. He's the ultimate underdog, but somehow he still does this crazy stuff, so it makes the fans excited Pretty about under, it. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're going a little Daniel Bryan, undersized underdog. A little Johnny Gargano. You know? Yeah, you know, and and that's and that's proven to work for decades and decades of wrestling. Yep, you're slightly undersized, but you've got a big heart. Um, but that's why I'm saying with losing to Cody again, like he keeps wanting to just gun for Cody. He'll come out and help him just to get a match with him. What is his end game here, and what's that mean for his character? I'm very curious where they're going with this because I I can't quite see what they're trying to do. Yep, um, which is hey, good. I don't like everything to be predictable. So great. Uh, Riho had a. Uh, Fatal four-way match versus Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida because, of course, Chris, Chris Statlander had to be here in L.A. at Bar Wrestling for a match that she had previously scheduled. So she's getting her title shot next week against Riho, who did hold on to her title in all of this. Um, did it kind of hamstring this match to know that Statlander was having the match next week, or did it actually did the match still deliver for you, Nick? No, it didn't. And here's here's the. This match was kind of a metaphor for me of the state of the women's division in AEW. If, I mean, it kind of is the women's division in AEW if I'm looking at it, minus a couple of key figures. But it, it, it was slow and plotting and sloppy and a whole bunch of stuff. That Yeah, there were a couple of decent spots that were in it, but it was mostly... Mostly involving, Ni- mostly involving Nyla Rose, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, it mostly sloppy. And I think that that's... If you asked me to describe the women's division in AEW, you would probably... It'd be predictable that I'd say mostly sloppy. So I, I think that was this just a, a pause until we get to Chris and we can anoint her next week? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, what else is there? There nobody. I don't think the I don't think the Kenny Omega introduction of Joshi Wrestling to the U.S. has worked. I think it's been a bit of a failure. There's no storyline. There's no storyline for these women. Nobody really cares that Riho's the champ, and frankly, they haven't given us any reason to to buy in uh, on Riho. She overcame Nyla Rose. Is that the thing? Is that what she's we're? She's pretty to- over. She's pretty over with the crowds, the live crowds. Yeah, she's been. She pulled a full Brock Lesnar the last couple of months and just disappeared. So, <laughs> you know, I, at the same time, I, I I want my champ out cutting mean promos, and after even after this match, she has a segment a backstage where she's going and she just goes, yeah. And Nakazawa is, is there tra- to translate, and she just goes, yeah. Like, I want my champ to be foreboding and powerful and have a big voice and do all these things. Rio's none of those. Sorry. Wait a minute. You want your champion to be strong and powerful and have a big voice and all those things, but how can you have that when you have, like, an underdog baby face? Like, you kind of want them to be, you know, yeah, go get them. And, huh. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying in this particular instance where – she doesn't have a lot of character or personality that you're seeing. Yeah. And that's and that's a fair point because all she is is kind of like 
I am, I, I'm a cute Asian girl, and le- look at me. I'm so adorable. It's very much the stardom mentality of you don't have to have a whole lot of personality if you're adorable. Um, I've, I've watched a couple, doc- couple documentaries where they, they go into how the promoting of the women in Japan is kind of a little weird. Um, and I feel like Riho's still a little bit stuck in that mentality. Japan is just uh, weird. Let's let's just call it what it is. Japan now, now, can now. be weird. <laughs> uh, well, cause, because you're an American, uh, okay. they're not. They're not. They're not. You know, integrally weird. Japan is actually awesome, and I freaking love it. So lay off, pal. But I also like weird stuff. So all right. Anyway, the point is, the point is, is that Riho. I, I I'm with you where I feel like she could be a better champ. I'm not ready to say that they've screwed up the the Joshis in uh, the Joshis in in AEW yet. I'm not ready to say that. Um, the women's division needs a lot of help, but that's I'm not going to say that they're screwed up yet. Hikaru we'll Shida looks fantastic, you know, right. uh, and you know, Emi Sakura, the little bit that we've seen of her, fantastic. But at least yeah, she's bit, got a bit. character. At least she's got a, a yeah. personality to her. But it's really okay. Great, you dress up as Freddie Mercury, but I right. what, what what is that supposed to be? Tell me a story. Give me a reason to give a shit. Well, the problem was the story they told with Emmy and, and Riho wasn't well told either. No. Where they wished they got they went back and forth on, well, is Emmy trying to kill her? Does she she mad at her? Is this just like the teacher being mean to the student to try and make the student better? What's the story? We don't know. So and they kind of went back and forth in the match too. So at any rate, uh, we'll see what happens. We had some more stuff on AEW as well. We got to get to Joey Janela got low blowed backstage by Penelope Ford. Of course, his real life ex-girlfriend now real life, not ex-girlfriend and who's now with Kip Sabian, um, which, by the way, I mean, the fact that they, they were kind of poking Joey Janela with this feud, like from the very beginning, from like even the introduction of Joey Janela, and they cut to like, you know, promos with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. We were like, oh, that's a little bit of like, like Janela gets beaten. And we immediately cut to Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford backstage. Like, they've been subtly laying this out there for anyone who knows what the history is for a while. Now it's straight up. Joey Janela, Kip Sabian, looks like they're having a feud. Uh, they're already going at each other on Twitter. Ta- uh, Joey says, uh, hey, Penelope, if you wanted to touch my penis again so bad, all you do is ask. And Penelope <laughs> said, uh, uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't know. It's just kind of hard to, I, I don't really know where it is at any given time. Whereas Kip Sabian's, it's so much easier to find. Right. Uh, of course. And uh, Joey, Joey Janela shooting back, being like, hey, lady, this penis got you a contract with AEW. So we're already getting into the, uh, the penis jokes with awesome. this uh, particular feud because, you know, what feud wouldn't... What, what, uh, come on. It's, it's AEW, it's Joey Janela. It's Joey Janela. What, ta- what am I talking about? It's just Joey Janela. Uh, but yeah, we're finally getting this feud, and this, this is going to be... I, I wonder if it's going to get as trashy as WWE gets. Because mm, it's uh, already kind of most of the way there. I don't think so. We'll see. No. To be determined. All right. All right. Uh, I do have high hopes for Penelope Ford can be another one to come in and kind of invigorate the women's division a little bit. Um, yeah. Because she's full of personality and charisma and presence. Can so, do some really cool stuff in the ring that people don't expect. Yes. So yes. be on the lookout for Chris Statlander. Be on the lookout for Penelope Ford. I had high hopes for Brett Baker, but it's just not panning out yet. So I, I still have hopes for Allie running Butcher and the Blade. We'll see, um, but I, I'm I'm still very very bearish on uh, on the women's division in AEW right now. Uh, well, Dustin Rhodes shows why he's still the man. He had a match with Sammy Guevara. Uh, he lost thanks to Jake Hager low blowing him. 
But my God, let's let's take a second to talk about Dustin Rhodes. Um, you know, putting over the young kids right now, putting over Sammy Guevara, going out there having a great match with him. This match, because it took place in 2020, officially means that he has now had matches in five different decades. Dustin Rhodes. And he's still able to go out there and have a banger match with a kid who is as energetic as Sammy Guevara. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow is really the right thing to say. Like, I'm so glad he got out of WWE. He's overdoing stuff like this uh, in AEW, looking good, putting over the young talent. Mwah. Yeah. That's really all I have to say about this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to him versus Hager, but uh, when he gets his hands on him. Yeah, I actually another... thought we were going to go a different way with Hager, but I'm not mad at this. No. No. I'm curious whether they're keeping him out of a lot of action, but uh, we'll see. Uh, MJF gave Corey his stipulations for their upcoming match. Corey? Uh, Cody. 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 What did I say? Corey? Corey. <laughs> Four hours of sleep. Corey <laughs> Rhodes, me, the illegitimate fourth redheaded stepchild of the Rhodes family. <laughs> Dustin, Cody, and Corey. Hi, I'm Corey Taylor. I'm the illegitimate son of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I would actually right. believe that if, if that came out. He's a redhead. Yeah. Uh, so his stipulations. Cody cannot touch. He cannot lay a finger on MJF until the match at Revolution. That's two months, a month and a half. Uh, Cody has to have a cage match with Wardlow, which I'm going to stop right there, Nick. You know me, and I, I, I'm, I'm usually kind of, as you say, bearish on cage matches these days because so often it's just two guys who are supposed to wanting to beat the crap out of each other in a cage, and they're always trying to run out of the cage and escape. Yeah. You know what's a great reason to have a cage match? When you're trying to lock somebody into a cage with a monster, and then they have a reason to try to want to get the hell out. So if you have a cage match, and it's just basically punitive, the whole idea is that MJF wants to punish Cody so he's going to put him in there with his massive enforcer, Wardlow. Now I'm interested in a cage match. Now the cage match has a reason to exist. Now we have a story. Uh, the final stipulation, and this is, <laughs> this, is a, this is good old school wrestling right here. Uh, this is some Terry Funk stuff right here. Uh, MJF gets to whip Cody. Cody has to get on his hands and knees, and MJF gets to whip Cody ten times. And if... All these things happen. Then Cody will get his match at Revolution. How bad does Cody want to get his hands on MJF? And MJF's playing. Oh, oh, that pot stern. Oh, that pot stern. Oh, this is good stuff. MJF is a treasure. Uh, he. We're going to look back on him in 20 years and just be like, holy shit. What a, what a, what a generational kind of guy that the, he turned out to be because we haven't had somebody that could promo like this in quite some time um, and have this level of presence. We haven't seen a lot of ring work from MJF since no. AEW started and a couple of months ago, three months ago now. And I, that's what I'm curious about. Let's get him in some matches, but I'm not mad at the fact that he hasn't had a lot of matches either at the same time. So I'm, yes. I'm, I'm in this weird kind of, oh, my God, I love MJF, but I'm questioning it because I don't want to overinvest. And then, you know, it turns out he's not that The good. hilarious thing about MJF is I feel like he's going to have a really long career yeah. because part of his character is not getting into matches, right? Part of it is just running his mouth and making money 
and then not doing matches, and that's part of his heel persona. Yeah. So he's gonna his body's gonna hold up pretty well over the years. I think I said in the Discord chat during the show, I got a lot of early era Y2J vibes off of this promo from MJF. I I really, really liked it, and it reminded me of some of the '98, '99 Y2J kind of stuff that I also really loved, and we also look back on very fondly. And how great is it that Jericho and MJF are in the same promotion, so MJF can just you know, pick Somebody's Jericho's brain is what I'm hinting at. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, you know, who went to school was the Lucha Brothers in Pack. They had a match with Kenny Omega and the Bucks who have been making like the storyline with the Bucks and, and Kenny right now, the elite. The storyline is, is that they have not been doing so good since AEW started and they want to get back on track. And that was kind of the storyline for this show. Uh, the through line. And it culminated in this match where they show that they are still the elite, and they put down Lucha Brothers and Pack, uh, but there was a little something going on with Hangman Page. He was over on commentary. He was drinking. When they won, he didn't go to the ring and celebrate. He just kind of gave him a thumbs up and wandered off. Well, he, and before this, he wandered into Private Party's club, I guess, right? Yes. and just goes up to the bar and starts making himself a drink. And uh, Isaiah and... I can never remember their names. I feel so terrible about it. It's Isaiah and... Full of water. Private party comes in and makes himself a whiskey, uh, whiskey on the rocks, and they take it away from him, and he snatches it back anyway. Has a, some that's, words, blah blah blah. Whiskey on the rocks. That's that's some real cowboy shit right there. Yeah, it is. Um, goes out and watches this match, and if you've been watching Being the Elite, they've been hinting at he's not dependable. Maybe we need to kill the elite uh, as a as a thing. So there's all of this stuff, this controversy going around right now around the elite. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this develops because I'm, I'm investing in this more and more uh, no. as I watch it. And, and again, to preach what we've been preaching, you almost have to be watching all the AEW Dark and being the elite stuff to be in the know on these kinds of things because they're, not, they're still not doing it on Dynamite. And I think this, this week they did a better job of telling us enough yeah. on Dynamite. If you want all the nuance, you can watch all the YouTube stuff. But if but you're getting the general idea on this show, like at least with this week was better, um, and I am kind of used to having to pick up the scraps all over the place from New Japan. This is nowhere near as haphazard as that, where you have to like watch all the promos and watch all the you know like a lot of stuff to try and catch all the nuance. Here, you know, at least they're doing a better job now. I feel of getting what you need on the show. Yeah. So uh, I like the what they're doing here, the layering of multiple different storylines, like Hangman kind of falling apart. The elite trying to get their footing again. I have a feeling that they're, they're just like having a little upswing this week to have a major downswing later. I'm loving this. That's 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 all I feel on the right track for some interesting uh, storytelling. Yeah. So liking all that this week. The uh, dark matches we'll be getting this week are uh, Austin uh, Austin Gunn, which is of course Billy Gunn's son and his dad. So Billy and Austin Gunn versus Sean Spears and Preston Vance. Sean Spears still trying out the tag division. And, seeing how things are over there. Awesome Kong's going to have a match against Skylar Moore. I think we all know it's going to happen there. And SCU, all three of them, versus the Hybrid 2 with Kip Sabian. Uh, Hybrid 2, of course, being Angelico and Jack Evans. So that's going to be on the dark match, AEW Dark, this week. Mm. Uh, Nick, for a solid AEW show this week, I have to say. But then again, they didn't have much competition over on NXT. Well, I'm going to admit, full disclosure, I didn't watch NXT. 
As, and you as, know what, Nick? As soon as I figured out that it was just going to be their awards that I could go read in five minutes, eh. I, I saw Pat McAfee. I was intrigued. I was tempted to watch it because, you know, any guy that wears a, a sport coat, a suit with shorts, uh, has my attention, and I enjoy that. He has Michael Cole's attention, too. He got yelled at at WrestleMania for doing that. Cole was furious at him. Furious. Uh, anyway, I, and I said it was Kathy Kelly, uh, Sam Roberts, and Pat McAfee, basically on a green screen set in a studio somewhere, doing the annual awards for NXT. Well, this and, is what I had to say, Nick, is you said you didn't watch NXT, but if you watch NXT at all this year, you did see the show because it was a recap show, and they showed highlights from some of their matches of the year. And then, of course, they gave out their awards for all the year-end uh, accolades. And uh, let's run those down right now. The matches of the year that they showed uh, pieces of during the actual show. Number three, third best match of the year, as voted by the quote-unquote fans. Uh, Street Profits versus Forgotten Sons, Undisputed Era, and Birch and Lorcan from TakeOver 25. Mm. Um, yeah, they reminded me that this was at really, like, baller tag match like just non-stop action absolute insanity uh and that street profits win was real tasty yep like uh, that, that one that didn't make match. our picks for the busties though unfortunately no it did not uh it the didn't. other two just, did though <laughs> yeah well the other two definitely did yeah um i you know what nick i'm not gonna lie i was a little shocked to see that tag match there i think it was just as a way to have a tag match if you know what I mean, like that's what was there another match you think should have been here instead? Yeah, it was the one I picked. It was the um, Viking Raiders versus uh, the one earlier in the year in February where they won the titles. No, but that was on that was on main roster though. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, no, I I can't think of a, a tag match. Or is you know, this well, just overall? Uh. Well, I'm saying like they put this in here to just to have a tag match on the their top matches. Yeah. Right. Look at their top three matches. We have this match. Number two was the women's war games match, which superlative. I can't really all argue women. with that. Sure. Uh, yet, uh, actually, not all the women because half of them <laughs> were eliminated or just didn't come into the ring. There was a heel turn and, and one of them was taken out. So it wasn't even all the women. It's like six women. Uh, and number one. Kind of unsurprisingly, I think. Adam yeah. Cole, Johnny Gargano, two out of three falls at uh, TakeOver, TakeOver Toronto. Well, yes, except this is NXT. Where was Tyler Bate versus Valter? Which I would argue, that was my match. That was like my, that was my WWE match of the year, I, recall, I, I believe, uh, for our busties. Is there anything else that is... Was that on regular NXT or was that UK? That was UK. So I don't, I don't, that's, I don't see anything in here that's was NXT UK. That's kind of what I'm saying. Is yeah. isn't NXT UK NXT, or is it not? Um, obviously, they're trying. They they built this so that you could have a tag match, a women's match, and just a match. You know, the men's match. But no, Tyler Bate, Valter, they're out of their damn minds, not having that on there. But yeah. I, you know, again, like I said, I get it. Uh, tag team of the year. I don't think this was in any doubt. Undisputed era. Bobby, uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, no, no, no question there. Yeah. Uh, best male competitor, Adam Cole. Yeah, duh. He's champ, champ all year, working his ass off. Female competitor, Shayna Baszler. No argument there. She was champ all year, worked her ass off. Rivalry of the year, Cole Gargano. 
Yup. <laughs> that's pretty much that's the major feud for most of the year here in NXT. The next one I had a lot of problems with. Oh, oh problems. Okay. Future star. Future star. The nominees. If you, in case you didn't watch this, the nominees were Kushida, Zia Lee, Dakota Kai, Bronson Reed, Tegan Knox, Ilya Dragunov. See, NXT UK is in there. Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tainara Conti, and Cameron Grimes. And which of those, Nick, if you were blind, if just if you were to get that list, who would you pick as the future star of NXT? Kill shot. Swerve Scott. Yep. Would have been your pick. Yep. A, a, a strong pick. I might have said Dragonov. I might have said Cameron Grimes. Given I might have, I might have thrown, I might have thrown a um, uh, Cameron Grimes in there as a as a flyer because they just been pushing him. Of, yeah, Kushida, I think would be the another obvious pick, uh, just because he's you know he's definitely the most legendary among all these people by a, a, a huge long shot. Kushida's already like you know international huge star. They picked Dakota Kai as their future star. Dakota Kai, interesting. To say the very least. So why do you have a problem with this, Nick? Um, I feel like Team Kick, uh, she she was running up against Shayna. She had a little bit of a feud going. She had that injury happen. The, the heel turn was nice. It's been really well executed. I just don't... I think we've now got Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley's probably going to have another long run. And I don't see, I don't see anybody... So Future Star, I'm... I mean, I, even at Io Shirai, I would have I would have put above. Not nominated. Didn't, didn't even get nominated, and so I, I'm looking at this going, who's who's taking advantage of the opportunity they've been given? I don't feel like she's gotten over that hump yet. The other thing I, th- I want you to look at is look at the level of everyone that they're putting in here. Yeah. Right. No one here. Um, no one here has currently had a title shot. Ilya Dragunov is getting one. But then none, no one in this group has had a title shot. Um, maybe Kush, Kushida didn't have a title shot or was it just a match? With, with I think it was just a match. Yeah. Um, it was the so Walter match. Is, I don't think it was for the title. Like, like you said, we're not seeing someone like, uh, like Io Shirai who's been on that big stage. She's had a takeover. right? We're not seeing someone uh, like Bianca Belair who's been on a takeover. These are all people who aren't on that level yet. So... If they're saying Dakota Kai is going to be elevated, maybe all they could say is she's going to be getting a, a title feud with Rhea in the new year, and you shouldn't be look, reading this into this as she's going to be the new like number one star in NXT. Sure, she's just she's going to she's going to have her place elevated in the new year. So they could have named the, the category rising star instead of future star, but even then, I I would have put a, a, a Keith Lee in there. I would have put a, a, a Keith Nick. Lee. Oh my God, just. Well, they gave Keith Lee something. You know what else, they did I, here, Ian. You know what they did in this category. They forgot about Keith Lee. They did not forget about Keith Lee. They gave it. To, look, Nick, would you calm down? There's look, look in front of you. There's some more nits there for you to pick. All right. Uh, all, right. all right. Look, the takeover of the year was War Games. Of course. Yes. Breakout star was Keith Mother Lee. There he is. Okay. He is. They did not forget about Keith. Keith was in here, and he was the breakout star. Easily. Which, easily, easily. He was absolutely the breakout star at the end of the year. Uh, nobody had their, their star elevated this year more than Keith Lee. In <laughs> Butters NXT. just said Keith Lee wins the Rumble. He's calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Maybe not, 
Maybe not this one, but Next at some year? point, at some point, if Keith keeps going on this trajectory, you know, I, I don't the Royal know. Rumble 2021, Keith Lee yeah. and Jackson Riker are in the fold. I mean, look at everybody else that they they nominated as breakout star. Only one other person, I think, could really, maybe two. Uh, Damian Priest, Piper Niven, Dominic Dijakovic, Angel Garza, Joe Coffey, Candice LeRae, Matt Riddle, and Rhea Ripley. I think of those, Rhea Ripley, Angel Garza, you could make an argument for, but... That's what I was going to say, too. But no one has been like a gift factory like Keith Lee. No one got the fist bump from Roman Reigns like Keith Lee. Stole War Games weekend, Survivor Series weekend like Keith Lee. Yeah. Like, this to me was an obvious one. And he promised... You ain't seen nothing yet in his promo when he got this little mm. trophy. So overall star of the year was Adam Cole Bebe. No surprise there. Once again, uh, the prophecy did come true. Undisputed Era draped in all of the gold this year. No trophy for Roddy Strong. Really? Really? They should have made up a category. Most improved acting or something like that. Uh he crawled up on Undisputed Era's shoulders and got carried. Let's Furthest, be real. Are you out of your he mind? He got carried. There is no way he would be anywhere near as relevant as he is today had undis- Adam Cole not walked in with Fish and O'Reilly two years ago. Period. <sighs> he was mostly I, just laughed at two years ago. He was, are you kidding me? Title shots, great underdog. Telling, telling trailer park stories of growing up. Oh, and, my uh, God. Oh, it was awful. This, this, is, this is why. He hitched his wagon why, to oh. UE and rode it all the way home. And good for him for defining the right way to do that. The I fact that him. he's your North American champion right now shows that he is legitimate. Like the, the, Hitching a wagon. No, 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 no. He decided to. Go with guys who would. They, it was a mutual benefit, mutually beneficial, to have him in this group. Mutually beneficial. They improved. He improved. Everybody's happy. Roderick Strong should have gotten a damn award. My point is, um, UE would still be UE draped in gold without Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong they, probably wouldn't have a title without UE. They wouldn't have all four belts. They would. He'd just be a face instead, and he'd be still driving you nuts with his promos. Right. Uh, all right. The, the big news from NXT this week was. The Dusty Classic starts next week. Oh, God, yes. I'm so excited. We're already... We're, well, <laughs> what were we saying when they announced it? We were like, with what tag teams are you going to have a Dusty Classic? And when they gave us the brackets, they've kind of proved us right, Nick, because they <laughs> had to pull half their tag teams, if not more, from NXT UK, or they just had to make up tag teams, which, granted, they always do just a little bit, but not like this. Uh... So here are the brackets in uh, block A, Imperium, which is being represented by Eichner and Barthel, versus your boys, the Forgotten Sons, who are going to get taken out in the first round, calling it now. Uh, Other block A pairing, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. There's an interesting tag team. uh, Versus the recent UK tag champs, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. That's going to be a fun match. Hell yes. That's going to be a fun match, dude. Damn. Uh, so the winners, the winners of those two go on to face each other and then go on to the finals. Block B, the Grizzled Young veterans, uh, also recent UK tag champs, versus Kushida and... <gasps> Kushida just got a bunch of question marks next to his name. He doesn't know who his tag partner's going to be. 
Who do you think it will be, Nick? I have no idea. Who's left? Cameron Grimes. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at he a has, Kushida Trevor Lee pair up. I got to admit he that. Has, he has earned Cameron Grimes' respect. Ooh, and Cameron Grimes has earned his story respect. There's some story there. I'm just saying. There is some story there. All right. I'm just saying. Uh, and the winner of that match will face the winner of Undisputed Arrow, of course, Fish and O'Reilly, versus Gallus. Oh, that match. Um, that's going to be. Mm, I can feel the. I can feel the slaps already. So yeah, that's a that's a good looking dusty classic. I gotta say. But how thin is the regular NXT tag division, Nick? Yeah, it's uh, uh, of all of these heavy two, machinery, street profits, Viking Raiders. Uh, two of these teams are from regular NXT. Forgotten right. Sons. But I'm just talking about in the last year, they've lost four, if not five, tag teams. I'm trying to think of who that fifth one is, but uh, I'm struggling. I guess you could technically say Ricochet and Alistair Black from last year. Um, but don't, I mean, ta- don't it, talk about that call-up. That call-up where they're panicking. Four big, legit tag teams they they lost this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's gutted. It's a little so, bit gutted. Curious. Who do, you, who do you have winning this, just like first looking at this lineup? Gut shot, Imperium. I th- yeah. Because I, I, I think, think that's, be they're the on the thing. up and up. That would be the smart thing to really. I mean, they're they're pretty over in NXT UK. Like they're they're known as being kind of big guys, but only if they're going to bring them over full time to the states. Yeah. And, I, and we all know how the, Walter feels about that. But so I'm that's where I'm hesitating a little bit. But my gut shot says Imperium. Um, yeah, it, it's got to be. It, it, they might pull one on us and go Forgotten Sons because they've put in work for two straight years now. And would they need a stateside tag team? That's the only reason I'm sitting there saying that. Uh, one of the one of the thrown together teams. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they do. I that. don't know. They could Samoa Joe and Finn Balor us with Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Uh, they did it with Ricochet and Alistair Black last year. So, oh, just saying. Yeah. it's not not unprecedented that they would take two singles wrestlers. Yeah. and have them win the Dusty Classic. Well, Nick, we got a little bit more to talk about because there was another WWE show this week, and that show was Friday Night SmackDown. We're marathoning today, guys. All right, tonight on fr- or tonight, tonight, tonight. What is tonight? I don't tonight. even know what day it is anymore. It's Saturday, right? Last night on Friday Night SmackDown, Look out the before window. we watched six hours of Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> oh, okay, the Usos. The Usos are back. Uh, we had a match. What? <laughs> <laughs> you get on me about spoiling Rusev jumping out of the cake, and you open SmackDown with, "Oh, the Usos are back." They got a haircut I mean, too. They apparently. did get a haircut. Yeah. They did get a haircut. I think I think they thought that Jimmy was going to jail, so they gave him a nice uh, haircut to <laughs> to to make it work work out for him. But luckily, he's got a good lawyer. Yeah, because he's uh, he's not going to jail. In fact, he's no he's back and in a major angle with uh, with Roman Reigns. The uh, three Samoans are back together. Uh, so this was originally Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler, which is weird. Uh, which is weird. Weren't Roman Daniel, and Daniel Bryan just like at each other recently? Yeah, but Daniel's, but yeah, but remember, like they kind of came around each other by the end of that whole thing, and they had some respect. Although Daniel wasn't ready to join the Yes Movement again, and whatever. This all started because Daniel Bryan said backstage he's not afraid of the Fiend. He's unbreakable, even though the Fiend has broken Seth and Finn and Miz. Not him. He will not be broken by the Fiend. All good babyface stuff. They go out to the, have the match, and the Fiend goes. Yeah, no, pal. You can't put my name in your mouth and expect not to get slapped. 
because he came in and grabbed Daniel Bryan, Mandible clawed him. They had a little scuffle outside the ring. Daniel Bryan taken out of the equation, and so Corbin and Ziggler teaming up on Roman. They're going to handcuff him and dog food him again. Usos! No, out come the Usos to a big ovation. They are back to save their cousin. Um, I popped. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah, was, I've been waiting was a, for it. it was I'm a, surprised it they brought him back. Uh, we had a lot of reveals last night on SmackDown. That's for sure. Yeah. So we'll be going through those. Um, but yeah, this one I'm I'm excited to have them back. It's it's a bit of a reinvigoration for the tag team division on SmackDown that's been dwindling a little bit, um, as opposed to what's all the good stuff that's going on over on Raw. So good to have these guys back. Um, let's see what happens if it, if it's the kind of the stinger in the butt that the tag division needs. Um, over on SmackDown, so sting in the butt or whatever, kick really? in the butt, poke in the butt, hot poker. You know? <laughs> Tag phrasing. Uh, well, the thing that that makes sense here uh, is that you've got Robert Roode, by my calculations, coming back within the next week uh, from his thirty day suspension. Okay. Great. So you've got USO one, USO two, and Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, three on three. Ready-made match, ready-made feud, and it's for you know supposedly the soul of SmackDown. Who will who will own the soul of SmackDown? Who will control the locker room? Roman Reigns or Baron Corbin? Oh my God, Roman's got family. Corbin just has a couple of guys who couldn't get pushed any other way in WWE. It makes sense. It makes yep. sense. I'm not mad. Um, I'd rather have the Usos doing this than going for the tag titles at this point. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, what What are your thoughts about Daniel Bryan and the Fiend? Are they is, is this interesting enough for their feud? Or do they need they, they got to do more with this? They got to do more. Um, but I like what happened. We had another match. If I can combine all of this, uh, the the other match we needed to talk about, the big one of the night was Miz facing off against Kofi Kingston. Yeah, he and snapped at Kofi. They tried to bring in the twenty twenty pancakes. He wasn't about it. We Miz, um, is, Miz is getting snappy. Miz is turning back, and Michael Cole even called on commentary. The fiend has changed the Miz. So we've now seen. I like this. I like where this is building to and that they're calling attention to it. It changed Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. It made him kind of evil, and here we have heel Seth Rollins with AOP now. It's right. changed Daniel Bryan because he shaved his head and he's gone back to the American Dragon persona. He went after Miz's family, and now Miz, we're seeing the side effect of that, him going back to his dirty heel kind of tactics and just going being from a dick. just mean but still kind of face now he's just being a dick for no reason to, to, to Kofi Kingston. Okay, so now we've got a running storyline here about if you get intermixed with The Fiend, some shit's going to change about you. I yeah, love that. He'll, he'll infect you with his evil or something like that. Can they keep it consistent through the months and years is my question. Yeah. I don't know if they can. I like the fact that they're doing it now. It definitely gives him more of an aura where if you get involved with him, then he will change you. Like, that's kind of cool i dig it can they keep it consistent i don't know but the real thing the the big thing to talk about besides just miz starting to turn heel is that after the match he gets beaten by kofi and then he goes to the back and pouts in his dressing room kathy kelly goes in for an uh, to try to get an interview and uh who should answer the door not miz johnny smackdown but jo johnny smackdown john morrison answers the door and says i'm sorry miz isn't talking right now and leaves and goes right back and goes back and you know, close the door. Uh, close the door, goes back in the room. Was this a botched uh, or uh, just like not a good enough reintroduction to John Morrison? Like first they had him on 
uh, was it backstage or, or the, the the bump? Like the bump. Yeah, they had him on the bump. Their little morning talk show they do every week. And which okay, fine, you know, kind of a cooler way to just have him there. But then he just shows up in Mrs. Dressing Room. Like, were they afraid he wasn't going to get a big enough pop if he came back at the Royal Rumble, or if he just like came out like the Usos did? Like, was that what it was? They were afraid people had forgotten about him. I don't know. I mean, the easy answer is to say, trust the fans. We will be yeah. there and pop him at Royal Rumble as number twenty-two or something. You Remember know? AJ when AJ came out at the Royal oh, Rumble? Oh God! The reports. The reports were everyone backstage was absolutely floored. They had no idea AJ was going to get that kind of pop. They they were like they 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 put him where they did because they thought no one would know who he was. He could go out there and show them some things. Guess what we were all watching while over. the ruthless aggression era sucked in the mid to late two thousands. We were out watching so, TNA and AJ Styles and then Bullet Club in New Japan. You know we know who AJ Styles. We know who John Morrison is. <laughs> That's uh, so. This is the Johnny this is Impact. Johnny Mundo, formerly John Morrison on WWE. We know trust Johnny Blackcraft. Yes, like he was. He, he. This is what's frustrating to me is they didn't trust the fans here, yeah. and and I think they undercut his reintroduction. Also, it looks like they're going to be heading back into Eminem, Morrison and Miz, right? Yeah, they they were a tag team. So, are yep. we going to now get a tag team? Are they going to go over me in the tag division? Is that the best way to reintroduce John Morrison? No, I don't think so. No, um, I think they had to introduce him by the Rumble because that man and Kofi both in a Rumble together. Yes, please. Uh, that's going to be awesome, but I don't know. I, I'm not they mad at it, but I'm just saying you could have done better. They, they could have done better. They, they, they did my boy Johnny a little dirty. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, little note about this, by the way. I love that Ricochet tweet. Like they, they had the uh, clip of Morrison opening the door, and um, Ricochet tweeted at, at WWE or whoever posted it, uh, tell him to fight me, and Baron Corbin responded to Ricochet, He's on another show, you idiot. Uh, oh, uh, Rick. Still learning the uh, brand split just as we all are. Trying to figure out. I was actually going to say Big Banter Corbin throwing down again. Uh, <laughs> loving it. Uh, we also had a tag match. Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans versus Sasha, Bailey, and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Triple threat. This was interesting. Lacey Evans, women's right to Sasha Banks. Dana Brooke, brutal senton. One, two, three. Dana Brooke pins Sasha Banks. My goodness. Uh, what do you make of this, Nick? What this do you whole, make of Dana This Brooke? whole match over delivered for me is what I think. Um, yeah. Big I, time. I, I love that they're, they're just continuing to give Dana Brooke. They're not, like, they're not throwing it in our face. They're letting her go out there. They're giving her the opportunity. And she's really just – she's – might be one of the most improved women in, in WWE right now. So let's continue on this ride. We're not at the destination yet. It's fun watching someone really grow. And we've been, we've been on this. Dana Brooks has been around forever now. And we've all kind of wanted her to get this opportunity. And it looks like she's getting it. Is it being paired up in a tag team the right way to do it? I don't know, but I'm not mad at it. Um, because you can't have her just go out there in a singles match with Sasha Banks and win. That said, after this, that's probably exactly what we're going to get as one of these two will inevitably end up in uh, a SmackDown Women's Championship match uh, with Bayley. Possibly at Rumble. I don't know. We've got four weeks now. I, just, I, I think it's interesting that you're letting them slide the fact that Bayley has no real 
competitors right now. Maybe they're yeah. trying to build up Dana for a shot at the title that then can you know Bailey can actually like win and look good. But I'm not really sure what what their plans are here. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, they were just kind of there just to be there. Hey, remember us? Um, but aside from that, yeah, this was an entertaining match, and I love seeing Dana get some rub. You know, so hashtag uh, crazy. better. Uh, hello, Batista, is that you? Uh, Braun Strowman had a match with Cesaro. A very entertaining match with Cesaro, by the way. Like, Cesaro is the dude to put with Braun Strowman because he's strong enough to be able to hang with him. Um, but, of course, he did eventually lose to the Monster Among Men, which makes complete sense. And then Shinsuke Nakamura was out to beat up Braun Strowman. So it looks like we are indeed getting Strowman and Nakamura. Uh, does that mean they're going to have a title match and that takes them both out of the Rumble, which I think is a good idea? Hmm... Do you see that, or do you see Nakamura and Strowman both being in the Rumble, even though they're having an IC feud? I think the former of what you said. I hope they build it to an Intercontinental title match. I, I miss that belt being defended on pay-per-views, frankly, and I'd love to see these two actually get it, and Braun needs a moment. He needs a signature win, and he needs to be strapped legitimately, and I, and I, I think that would rehabilitate all of the bullshit that they've done with him. I don't know if they're going to do it that soon, but I hope so. Because I think he needs he needs to be one of those big dragons to slay in WWE. And the fact and they need he needs to have something around his waist that can go have people pursue him. If they're going to make him this big facey monster kind of guy that he has been Ever since, really, you know, ever since he started doing the get these hands, and, and you know, I got my shirt on. I love me some Braun Strowman. You guys know that by now. But I'm still doubting that they know how to do this properly. And I think giving him that signature win for the Intercontinental Title at the Royal Rumble would be the way to do it because he's he's not going to win the Royal Rumble again. Let, let's no, be clear about that. So again, well, I mean, he's not oh, going to win Nakamura? the Royal Rumble. <laughs> no, I don't think he is either. I don't think Strowman is. I, it's it's mind-boggling to think where he was a year or two years ago and how over he was and just where he's now. Where he's over, but he's a special attraction. Yeah, I agree. They got to put the icy belt on him, make it make it make it special. Because um, Nakamura is just kind of there at yep. this point, which is just mind-blowing to think. Nakamura at the beginning of the 2010s, Nakamura now. How WWE is just. How how did they do that? He's getting that paper though. It's a he's <laughs> good for him, and he's chilling. He's chilling. He's yep. he's not getting his head kicked off by people anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he's not having to work his ass off. He's getting to surf and getting good money, and he's the IC champ. So I ain't mad at him. Live your best life, Shinsuke. Word. Uh, going back to the love story we talked about earlier in the show, Otis and Mandy, Nick's favorite love story on wrestling television, all in the feels. Uh, he Otis had wanted nothing to do with Mandy this week after he misinterpreted last week that he thought that Mandy stomped on his fruitcake, but really it was that dastardly Dolph Ziggler. Uh, this so this week he's all he was hurt. You didn't want to talk to Mandy. When would you but give Mandy, ass Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> yeah, your boyfriend. I'm coming. And he's just in the back uh, doing curls with a beer keg. I love it. God, I love that man. It's just it's it's the details. It's the details. Yes. So he had a match with Drew Gulak. Gulak, of course, relegated to uh, do enhancement status at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it seems like Mandy is now kind of pursuing Otis. I like this a little inversion. I'm curious where they're going with this. This is Nick. They've got my attention with the love story in WWE. That's this is how you do it. Rare right. to never. This is how this. you do it right. 
it's you make it genuine, you make it pure, you make it innocent. Let's not, not get in crazy. the cheating <laughs> angles. Listen, okay. not in the cheating angles and you know Lana bullshit. This is this is this is hitting all of us wrestling nerd dudes right in the feels, right? It's we've all been Otis in this situation at some point in our lives. So it's yeah. I, I I'm digging this. There's something just innocent and pure about this with Otis that really just just catches me. So I'm I am digging it. I don't think it's silly at all. I think it's one of the best things they're doing in WWE right now. So we'll see where it well, goes and I, I don't doubt they're gonna screw it up somehow. <laughs> What's going on? I, I, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. Uh but the, let's see. So Chad Gable and Dash Wilder had a match. This is interesting. Okay, so you have a tag guy wrestling singles, Nick, which we were recently talking about in AEW as being a thing. Uh, so this was strange, but they kind of just underscored that he shouldn't be a singles wrestler is all they did because they had Chad Gable just beat the crap out of him, tap him out in an ankle lock, pretty straightforward. Um, so is it was it nice to see a tag guy working singles or was it, WWE kind of underlining that tag guys aren't on the level of singles guys. Is it a prelude to put Chad Gable back in a... I mean, we've seen him with Ali, Mustafa Ali. Is it a prelude to seeing Chad Gable back in a tag team? Well, I would say that if, the, if the, what the happened... If, well, I would say that if what happened after this match hadn't happened, which is Sheamus also returning on this show, Shanane, Shamayme... Looking real, out, real jacked, looking, baby. Look at real jacked baby. <laughs> <laughs> there was rumor, uh, and I My think Sheriff goodness. McDonald told me this last night that Vince had sort of made fun of him, uh, essentially calling him fat when after he had <laughs> left when he was out healing his back and on right. a lot of medication and stuff like that. Um, so Seamus kind of took that personally, started the the Celtic Warrior Gym and all of that kind of stuff, and man. <laughs> That dude is would, cut the F up right now. <laughs> would that we all could be fat the way that Seamus was fat. I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. So he, he had like a 2% fat lipid layer, and Vince is like, you, you pig, look at you. You're dis you disgust me. And here's <laughs> Otis. <laughs> right. Which, which no of course, sense. Vince, and Vince makes him take off. You know, like Otis now has to come out without his singlet on. He like just comes out in trunks to show off his huge belly. Yes, and I which, love it. you know. Oh, my goodness, Vince. <laughs> uh, but again, so Seamus comes back. It looks like he's going to save uh, Chad Gable from a Revival beatdown. But uh, after Brogue kicking both the Revival boys, he then beats the crap out of Chad Gable and says he's there to put the uh, the Shanane back in Shamayme, SmackDown. He's back to save SmackDown. Uh, so are we going to see Chad Gable versus Seamus? And if so, is that the best thing for both guys? Possibly. I just the thing I wanted to call out here was like the huge pop, huge ovation for Seamus to return, and within yeah. two minutes, he's just he's a heel. Whoop. Yep, he's a heel. <laughs> we didn't know. Oh, that. okay. Hey, so nice to see you. Oh, oh, damn it. Okay. Oh, well, that's fine. Right. The brogue kick still looks fantastic. I love it. Oh, because he does. Because he's known as being one of the stiffest guys at WWE. Like who? Is he actually? Yeah, you can take a bicycle <laughs> kick and just make it look devastating, right? Because it really is. Yeah. Like, he's hitting the crap out of people in there. I, I love how stiff Seamus is. Anyway, uh, so that's pretty much it for, oh, God, there was an Elias segment. Elias came out and sang to the crowd. Elias apparently as well. There's not, that's really pretty much all there is to it. Elias came out, made fun of things. It was cute. It was fun. Yeah. That was about it. So that is SmackDown, sir. 
Uh, Nick, we have a couple more things before we get out of here today. Uh, okay. We have a little something one of our listeners, Sean Clark, inspired us to do. It's called A Moment of Positivity. And that's where okay. we look back at the last few days in wrestling since we've done our previous show. And look at the things that made us smile, that made us happy, that are positive, that make us happy about to be wrestling fans. Things that we want to share our joy with, with our listeners, with you guys listening to the show right now. Uh, and please, by the way, if you are listening to us, go to our Facebook discussion group, BWO discussion group. Go to Discord. Let us know what your moments of positivity were, things that made you happy to be a wrestling fan, things that happened this week that you went, that was awesome. And I gave, gave you a big smile. Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this week? I'm torn because there's several. Uh oh, oh. Um, uh, the one that's gonna that probably I smiled at the most and got the most excited about was Ricochet coming out for the save uh, with Andrade. Really? Uh, I think because of the the potential of a Ricochet Andrade feud, especially now that Andrade's got the U.S. title. Yes, please. I'm all in on a Ricochet and Andrade crazy flying stupid silly match that we're going to get out of those two for the U.S. title, hopefully at Royal Rumble, if they build it. Um, that's the thing that probably made me the most like happy and positive this week. It, it's hard not to mention some of the stuff that we saw earlier this morning on, <laughs> uh, on Wrestle Kingdom, uh-huh. uh, but I, I want to see the outcomes of tonight before I anoint anything uh, in the right direction because I don't trust Gato, that son of a bitch. He's going <laughs> to swerve us. He's going to mess us up. So I, hey, I don't want to put my vote out there and have it be completely double stomped on by Gato. The, the, uh, the dragon has been slayed. Jay White will not become the first double champ, man. Like we were talking about that every time we mentioned it, we were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be you were like, it's going to be a Bushi. And I was like, it's going to be Naito. And then we were like, OK, but we're, we both know it's going to be Jay White because it's, it's really going to be Jay White. F yeah. Gato. In right. the Gato. Doon, 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 doon. Doon, doon. In the Gato. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. Not anymore. Both of them are out. Bushi and White are out. Now it's all on my boy, Naito. Naito, bring it home, baby. Bring yeah, it bring home it tonight home. to daddy. I've been, I've been proselytizing. I've been proselytizing. I'm a part of prayer circles for Naito. Come on, Stardust champion. Start. Oh, come on. <sighs> what about you, Surrey and Dangerous? What was your moment of positivity? Hiromu Takahashi walking out of Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, see, that's good. Oh. Hiromu Takahashi, after witnessing him live break his damn neck. And oh, I can't believe they never... showed the replay of it last night. Well, they didn't morning. show the actual hit. They did. They showed the, bridge they showed the move. They showed the, oh. bri they showed the move into it, but they didn't actually show the connection. And it's oh. a, you, could see, you could see it coming. You're like, no, 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 no. That actually oh. got a, ah, out of me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then but they cut away from him, it. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You, you had to because it's, it's so cringy. You, to see him a year and a half later walk out at Wrestle Kingdom in whatever the hell it was he was wearing, that absolutely batshit insane outfit that he was wearing. There was feathers. There was, there was boas. There was tassels. There was about 1,800 different textures and, and colors and fabrics and patterns. I mean, the guy by the my TV was smoking, trying to cover him, and all of that underneath a giant screen, with with dancing cats, dan like dancing uh, uh, Daryl cats. I, I I say as I hold up my Daryl right here, my Gerald. 
Uh, all of that, as he's walking to the ring, the guy who thought he would never wrestle again. I mean, I've all the feels. I was had I had some feels earlier for from Jushin and his second to last match. Hiroma walking out, and you can see Osprey was feeling it too in the ring. Like that was a moment, man. That was a big. That one. was that was a. I was just like, <gasps> yes, yes. And then they went and had a baller match. So that was absolutely like my highlight of the week. Fantastic. Last last night, middle of the night, I'm marking out in my house. Dog Ziggler's running in circles. Yeah. What's it's, happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so you excited. Did. I don't know why. Your moment of positivity should be that Hiromu Takahashi won that match because you did wager Gerald in that match, if you remember. You damn right I did. You damn right I did. So you get to that, keep Gerald. That Gerald ain't going nowhere. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. He stays with me. He's he's got a nice warm welcome uh, over here with Naya. Uh, Any time he would like to visit, not gonna happen. I'll just I'll just say this right now. I I, I didn't have uh, Hiromu winning as my moment of positivity because it was never in doubt in my mind. Uh, oh oh okay. Hence why here, here I comes the terror. bragging. Okay. Yeah. Never in <laughs> doubt in my mind. Uh, you have to say though. I think we finished four to three on night one. You're ahead by one point going into night two. Oh, because you're so. not counting the pre-show matches all of a sudden. No, it's four to three. It was it was two two going into the main show or going uh, the first two matches I picked. Uh, I so picked, I think we finished four to three in the night. I one. picked Team Toa. I picked Team Ten Cozy. Um, both of us lost out on the Jushin Thunder Liger match because because we both picked Jushin to win. Uh, you got Los Ingobernables. You got Chaos. So there's two neither, two. Neither of us got God. Uh, both of us picked Mox, so three three. Uh, I got Takahashi. Um, we both got Naito, and I got Okada. So six four, buddy. Oh, six four. Okay. Yeah. All right. My point being that uh, you better not ever <laughs> lose a New Japan pay per view pickums, Mister New Japan over there. <laughs> yeah, I, that'd be worried for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my boy. My boys if brought it, it home. If Ibushi had won that Okada match, you'd be sweating real hard right now. I would be sweating real hard right now. <laughs> but luckily, he did not. He did not. Well, it's guys, not that's our... Oh, no, wait. We're not done yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Yes, and Nick, at, at the top of this, a little bit of BWO TMZ. <clears throat> she said, see. see. She said, see. 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 See, Charlotte Flair and Andrade are now engaged. And we know that because that's what Andrade texted out. He said he, he tweeted out, she said, see. Tis the season. So, Tis the season. Good for them, man. They're, yep. They are like one of those happy, beautiful couples that I'm just like, I'm like, no, you guys, stop being so beautiful. Uh, Andrade, Andrade Flair uh, soon. Can you imagine an Andrade Flair baby? How oh, talented man. that thing would be at wrestling! Oh my god! It's gonna, it's gonna, it's going to literally do a Sasuke special out of Flair's womb. Uh, so the ratings this week: Raw was up from a low of 1.8 the week before to 2.4, so doing pretty good. A little uh, people tuning in to watch that Lashley wedding. That's what uh, no, it's what happens when Lashley. you take Monday Night Football off the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no football competition will give you a nice little whoop. Yeah. No problem. 
uh, AEW and NXT. AEW with a uh, sorry NXT with a uh, 548,000.15. Not surprising, as you said, considering it was a recap yeah. episode. AEW crushing it, nearly a mil, 600, uh, 967,000 with a .38. No real surprise there. I'm not really taking this as anything. Just some interesting note. Uh, to, interesting to note that those were the numbers. NWA Power this week was very fun, if you haven't seen it. Uh, Nick Aldis finally showed his true colors. He's a, he's a heel. He's a dick smarmy, heel in a slimy suit. dick heel in a suit. <laughs> He's a dick heel in a suit and Tim Storm, wholesome Tim Storm with his mama Storm. He is, once again, the white meat babyface gunning for that bastard Aldis. Uh, the long-term storytelling between Storm and Aldis, Storm Aldis might be low-key one of the better feuds in the last few years. Like, just like the, the long, it's, it's been going for a while, ever since Storm lost the belt. Like, it's been a really great build. I love what they've done with it. And this week on Power was a really great example of some of the nuances they're putting into it that are just, mwah, fantastic. So check out power Uh Don't worry, Cornette's not going to offend you if you go watch now because he's not on it anymore. No. Speaking Stu of being Bennett offended. Stu Bennett is fantastic, by the way. What's that? Stu Bennett is fantastic. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, that guy was always a good talker. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being offended, Lars Sullivan. Oh boy. Okay, strap in, Nick. Uh, no, oh, strap- no. Oh no. No. Stra- wrong. Wrong choice what? of words. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, Lars Sullivan. This week had some interesting videos from his past resurface, uh, which is particularly of note because he himself has been very well was very vocal on some bodybuilding message boards uh, about his anti-gay beliefs, his homophobic beliefs including saying that if someone was a closet homosexual in their workplace and he found out about it, he would show, socially shun them the way they deserve to be. Um, among many other racist stuff that came out, and he got in a lot of trouble for it earlier this year, and then he got injured, and then he's been out for the rest of the year. Um, and he's had, had some documented mental health problems before with WWE. He was supposed to have a match with, I believe, Cena at WrestleMania, and that got scuppered because he had an anxiety attack when he got called up. Uh, so lots of issues with Lars Sullivan. Only now there's some uh, some porn videos of him that have come out. A couple of porn videos where he did some uh, male male porn uh, when he was much younger. Uh, in about I think 2009 was when they dated it from. Uh, obviously no word from him, but the internet exploded. People coming out on every side of this issue, and um, all I have to say is, is this is it's I really feel bad for this guy in the sense that there's obviously a lot of. There's a lot of something going on upstairs with Lars Sullivan um, where, you know, I don't know if this is like misdirected anger on his part that he was putting out there on the message boards, uh, some sort of self-loathing thing. I have no idea, but good grief, Nick. That was yeah. a twist I did not see coming. Me either. And I, I think that's really all we need to say about it. All right, moving on. BJ, <laughs> speaking of, uh, of uh, harsh things, BJ Whitmer says his wife, Kelly Klein, current Ring of Honor champion, although not for long because she's having issues with Ring of Honor, uh, BJ Whitmer called Kelly Klein out on Twitter this week saying that she had cheated on him and that they're getting a divorce. Well, BJ Whitmer is currently a producer and sometimes wrestler over in AEW. So, Nick, is it appropriate now to say that Kelly Klein on her way out of Ring of Honor, Kelly Klein, not to AEW. You heard it here first. <laughs> Kelly Klein, not. 
Nope. That door, I believe, is closed now, Kelly. Oh, boy. My goodness. My goodness. Uh, yeah, careful of that uh, OPP right there. Yeah. Uh, but in happier TMZ news, Nikki Bella uh, announced that back in November, she got engaged to, uh, and forgive me for this name, uh, to Artem Chingvinsev. Chingvinsev? Somebody help me pronounce that. It's going to be Artem Bella. Artem Bella. That's a great call. Artem yeah. Bella, yeah. Uh, who, if you, in case you didn't know, was her partner on Dancing with the Stars, which I've her, always her, said. Her dance instructor, basically. Don't ever let your significant other go on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> like, good grief. All they're doing is writhing up against some other lithe body for hours and hours every day. What did you think was going to happen? That's like when I think about Angel Garza, I think of him as a dance instructor at uh, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. Right? Isn't that perfect? He would be. That's when you Can let you your imagine? significant others go on Dancing with the Stars, they're going to be with guys like with Angel, Angel Garza <laughs> and apparently Artem, Ching, Ching, Artem Bella. <laughs> Can you imagine the number of, of, of Dancing with the Stars babies that would happen? If Angel Garza was an instructor over there. Oh, Hello. God. I am your instructor today. Perhaps you would like to gaze upon my incredible pants bulge. <laughs> and he rips uh, his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I am causing all kinds of divorces. And oh. paternity, suits. paternity suits. I'm not scared of them. Uh, but Butters in the chat said Cena is going to jump out of the Nikki Bella wedding cake. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Hey, man, only if A.J. Lee shows up and says that she's really uh, Nikki Bella's lesbian lover. Uh, Robbie Eagles, hey, on, some, on a more serious note here, Robbie Eagles' brother has lost his house in the Australian brush fire, which, by the way, if you didn't know, Australia's on fire. Like, it is burning down, and more, more than California ever does. Like, we, we get destroyed here in California all the time. Australia is like, them and Brazil are getting just wiped out by fire right now. The latest um, number I heard was uh, just shy of 12 million acres. And to put that in perspective, one of the biggest fires that we've had in California recently, I think, was like half a million acres, 400-something right. thousand. The, the Thousand all, Oaks fire from a year or two ago. Yeah, which and, was, the, I think, the biggest one in California history. Yeah, the Oxnard fire, whichever it was, yeah. uh, Ojai fire. Um, so something the, like, it was like 400-something like like thousand five, acres. 500,000 yeah, 500, acres. 500 million 12 million the entirety of the country of Australia, pretty much, is on fire right now. And if you, the funny thing is, I saw some things where they took Australia and laid it over the continent of Europe. Right. And it was like, imagine the entirety of Europe on fire. That's kind of right. what's going on right now. Liechtenstein is no more. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland is all ablaze. Yeah. I know it's, we have several listeners insane. that are from Australia as well. Please stay stay safe, folks. Um, hoping you're okay. Um, there's lots of fundraisers out there for. Yeah. Uh, from the Red Cross and from other places as well to help. So if, if you guys uh, have five, ten bucks to drop into something or want to help or contribute in any way, uh, I'll put some links in the show notes for uh, for some of that as well. But, but also for Robbie Eagles thinking about specifically yeah. is uh, the-McMath-Family. That's just for Robbie Eagles' brother himself. And yeah, stay safe over there, everybody. I know you guys are used to jellyfish and spiders and snakes and you know even platypus have venomous spines in their elbows. Like Everything wants to kill you over there. All you yeah. need is a, a fire as well. 10-foot-tall kangaroos that could kick a hole in the door of a car. But, yeah, you know, hey, brush fires is what they're most scared of right now. That's Australia is a nutty place. I've got family there. It's an, it's an amazing country, but also absolutely terrifying when it comes to its flora and fauna. 
Uh, finally, the next guest on the Broken Skull Sessions, after, it's going to debut after NXT UK TakeOver, which is going to be coming... Uh, next weekend, is it, isn't it? Blackpool? next weekend. Yeah. January it, 16th, I think. It, it's not tomorrow, is it? <laughs> that would suck. No. Ah. Let's find out real quick, just because I may need to make NXT some quick adjustments. UK, Blackpool. January 12th. Okay, thank God. Yeah, next weekend. All right, cool. Excellent. Yeah. Didn't need to preview it on the show. Yeah. Uh, yes, because after that, Kane is going to be your next guest. Kane, Mayor Kane, will Glenn be your next Jacobs. guest. On I, the I'm hoping they talk session. significantly about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, the Appalachians, and the things in uh, North Carolina and Tennessee, and that'll just hit home. That'll hit me right in the in the cockles and the subcockles. You know, you know uh, how I know you're from <laughs> North Carolina? You said what? Appalachians. Appalachian. Appalachians. Up in them said? Appalachians. It's not Appalachians. You know, Appalachians back home. Yep. Yep. Oh, I got you. People I, say I, Appalachian, I was raised- and I'm like, it's Appalachian. I was raised on John Denver. I get it. Yeah. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Uh, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our show for today. Before I start singing John Denver to you, thank you for hanging out. We're loopy. We've been up. On, we got no sleep last night. Thanks a lot, New Japan. Uh, we have tons more to talk about on Tuesday. Come back and see us. We will be live. Live on Tuesday at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, and then back, of course, next Saturday. We're back every time. Next Saturday will be at uh, 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. Uh, We are going to be going live on YouTube every Tuesday and Saturday going forward. No more time off, Nick. We had our holidays. It's back on the roll, baby. We got a lot of stuff in store. So thank you for joining us. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Oh, my God. We can't do that yet because we got to finish Wrestle Kingdom first. So on Tuesday, we'll be on the road to WrestleMania over the roadblock through the whatever it is, fast lane, over down the, the river, fast lane, over the, the roadblocks. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> oh. This is how we go. Yeah. Oh, well, guys, thank you very much for Facebook. joining us today. Come over to Facebook. Join us in the Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request. We'll get you right in. Where you'll also find a link to our Discord community to get in for live chats all throughout the week. Keep those spoilers out of the group and come join us on the Discord server or Sheriff McDonald will have your ass. 24-hour moratorium. 24-hour yes. moratorium. <laughs> Unless, you know, you're us and we can talk Wrestle Kingdom now. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, which you had the opportunity to turn on. Anyway, uh, yeah. Facebook group and Discord is where you want to be. Make sure you get into those. If you're watching us live on YouTube, you'll find links in the descriptions down below. Uh, if, speaking of which, uh, we stream live. As Surya Dangerous was saying, we are back to the full-time schedule now. Holidays are over every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And stick around, guys, because we're getting ready to switch over and do our patron mailbag show, which oh, is yeah. every week our patrons at the $5 tier or higher can send in questions where we ask in an AMA kind of format right here on live stream on YouTube. Uh, To get in on some of that, you need to head over to patreon.com slash BWO where you can find uh, that tier and many more to sign up for and send in your questions uh, every single week. You'll see some of the posts in there from previous questions and previous episodes, as well as getting access to the show notes for every single episode, uh, bonus episodes, sweet swag, Skype calls, Ric Flair, no lizard shoes though, those are sold separately. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Patreon.com slash BWO. But can't my keep na- these gators down. Can't keep them down. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at 
Surrey and Dangerous. But by God! Will somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.